Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Oh, let's go, stinking genius. Go, let's go. Merry Christmas. Let's go. Um, I think that's a really bad call. In the Bears-Packers game. Oh, I thought I you really said a bad call for saying Merry Christmas. I didn't know what you were going to say. Oh, no, no. Merry Christmas, Arnie. <laughs> Happy Hanukkah. Everyone enjoy the holiday season. Kwanzaa as well. It's the time to be cheery, even if you are a fan of a horrible football team like the Raiders. Oh, my but Raiders. But Arnie, yeah. Arnie, the, again, I understand <laughs> the rule. I get it. But, you know, you're in a fourth and inches situation. Yes. The Bears are are punting. Punt returner for the Packers has it bounce off his chest. Damian Williams picks it up and takes it in for a touchdown, right? And you're like, let's go. We got a game now. We got something with 13 minutes to go that can be entertaining down the stretch. And a dude steps out of bounds for like right. two steps, pushes someone, and then comes back inbounds. And that's I, – I just – I mean, we have 8,000 rules interpreters. Out, I think if you're forced out, you're, you're allowed to come right back immediately in without it being sure. a penalty. By the way, I thought you can't advance the muff anyway, so it would have been first and yeah, – It would have been first yeah. and goal, right? right it would have right, been down right, right there. Um, but still, I mean, the bottom line to me more than anything else is just uh, he's right up against it. He's he's engaged with someone. He goes out of bounds, Nobody touched back. him to get him out of bounds. Oh, he so he – but, but again – He's right back in bounds. Does it yes. really affect the play that much? No, it probably doesn't. I no, mean, it's that, the dumbest the rule, rule though, ever. Yeah. It's the same thing as pass interference, spot of foul. It's yeah. completely and totally ridiculous, and it probably just allowed Aaron Rodgers to go, what, um, eight plays, where are they going to get the 20, 80 yards, touchdown to seal this one. But, hey, we actually had one of the more entertaining second quarters to make up for what was eh, – at least for the early games, and you know me, I kind of go against those. You're like, oh, the games have sucked. Like, Usually well, I, I say else. that. You get mad at me when I say that. Well, I do, um, yeah. but but I even wanted to find something else to watch today <laughs> because not only for the atrociousness of how the Vegas Raiders played, and we'll get to that, Danny, and, Danny G and I have takes, but Arnie, um, today was just a bad day. Thankfully, the Bills rallied to make it a game with the Bucks, and right. Bengals rallied to force overtime with the Niners. I yeah, mean, but those were the late games. The early games it. were worse. Yeah. Terrible. Terrible. But the second quarter tonight kind of made up for it. Uh, it was that moment where you kind of saw the flashes of what Justin Fields could be in this Sunday night football game. Yeah. No, I, I 45 points in the second quarter in this one. Who saw that one coming at 3 nothing? You're saying to yourself, gee, I wish I had bet the under. And then right. the explosion. Every different way to score, too. I mean, that's why. By the way, I've been on the sideline uh, for Bears-Packers up in Green Bay. There's nothing like it. I got to tell you, there's absolutely nothing like it to stand on the sideline and listen to everything. It's a blast. Absolute blast. 
true, legit hatred between oh, those two fans. And, and I, I say hatred, but there's respect between the teams. The Bears-Packers combined for 45 points in that second quarter. It's the most in any quarter of the Bears-Packers rivalry ever. Wow. Think about that. They've been playing forever. Uh, the previous high was 42 points in the fourth quarter of a game in 1955. <laughs> <laughs> But I guess, you know, several just quick takeaways because, as we said, Sunday Night Football has actually been entertaining. First of all, um, boy, when, when Aaron Rodgers and that offense gets clicking into high gear, Arnie, I understand that record-wise the Cardinals are a little better than them. I understand that Green Bay beat them when they were shorthanded in Arizona a month ago. Boy, when they get cooking and Aaron Jones is running and they've got Devontae Adams running free – this is as good of a team as there is in the NFL. I mean, this is a Super Bowl-caliber team. When they can't get their running game going, when they make mistakes on special teams and defensively, they're very human and very beatable, a la what's happened in portions tonight. Though I'm, I'm really high on Green Bay beyond just what we've seen tonight. You know what's so funny is, you know me, I'm very knee-jerk. After working with me, what, 10 years, you know I'm, I'm very knee-jerk. So, like, yes. at the end of the first quarter, I'm saying to myself, this is what the Packers get. This is supposed to be one of the best teams in the NFC. And then next thing you know, like, they'll get a score and they'll say, okay, so this is what they are. But then the, the Bears will get a big point. I go, I told you they're no good. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm going back in my old mind, back and forth, back and forth um, about how good this team is. But, yeah, when you look right now, uh, and it's all said and done, man. Their offense has been clicking ever since that first quarter. They've been on fire. So we got a lot of things to get to on the show. Matt Verderam's going to join us coming up here in our next segment. Uh, fan-sided, really good, regular guest of ours here on Sunday nights. And then Todd Furman will join us from Vegas coming up in hour number two. Uh, we're starting the, the Fox Sports Radio editors behind the scenes are putting together all the sound and audio and everything from the day that was. So we'll hit the locker rooms. I mean, this day started with... I mean, I don't know if you want to call the fact that Urban Meyer may be an a-hole an explosive report, <laughs> but it, it, it kind of started shocking. with an, a shocking explosive report on how he is as a coach. But it, it got me thinking here real quick right off the top, yeah. just just because we like to talk about whose season was saved and whose season was ended, right, to start the show. And, yes, we've done this since, like, week four, so we understand that there's a lot of team. Maybe Miami's a good example of this, even though they're on a bye, Arnie, whose season we ended in week four, but now as we get set for what's next week, week 15, they're very much in the midst of the playoff hunt, right? Uh, they're only a, a, a game back, uh, the six and seven teams are. Yeah, I'm not feeling right good. Even if they go 10 and seven, I don't know if uh, they'll get on it. Yeah, and 10 and seven might not yeah. be enough to get you yeah. in the playoffs in the AFC, but still pretty impressive. So here's my question to you. Just for those whose season came to an end, maybe for a team like the Raiders, it was finally punctuated today. Um, maybe it's been weeks for a team like Chicago. Maybe you really, we, not you necessarily, we really realize that things might be one and done for one Urban Meyer in Jacksonville. Maybe that concern is ratcheted up a bit in New York as well. But Arnie, what's going to be the best vacancy this offseason? I mean, if you really think about it, as, our, as we watch Chicago, we're watching the final days of Matt Nagy. This team's going to be 4-9 and nine if they can't come back tonight. The Raiders obviously might not win a game again this year. Rich Passaggi is not going to be back. I'll be curious to see what Denver decides to do. But is it Chicago with Justin Fields? No. Is it the Raiders uh, yes. with the ability to do anything you want? Is it the Broncos? I mean, there's, a, there's going to be, I don't think, a lot of options. 
but a lot of inter- or a handful of interesting places. I think I love the Raider opening. I mean, first of all, you can bring in any quarterback that you want if you don't want to bring back Carr. You're in a, a hot a market like Las Vegas. Um, it, it's a brand new city for the most part for the Raiders out there. There's no history um, being out there in Las Vegas, and and people don't have high expectations after what happened with the Gruden situation. I I think it's a perfect situation to go there and, and take it over that team. So you're not – I saw a Jeremy Fowler report, and when I read it, it was one of those had a drink in my mouth and spit out the drink. Um, and, and listen, I, I'm a car stan, but even I'm of this point where it's like let him go. Just let, let him go be somewhere else where maybe he's not getting killed every week because I'll tell you what, if the Raiders move on from Carr, he's going to be a starter somewhere else in the league. I'm 100% sure of that. But with that in mind, Jeremy Fowler in his report said the Raiders are the most attractive opening because oh, you know, they'll nice. have salary caps, much like you, salary cap space. They've yep. got, you know, obviously they, they haven't traded away their future draft capital, so you can still build. And um, he said because they have a franchise quarterback in Derek Carr. And that was the moment where I was like, I like Derek Carr a lot, but I understand he's got one year left on the deal. But yeah, fran- that's not the reason. That's the reason. The, the the reason to take the job is because you can get rid of him, not because you get to keep him. It's because you get to get rid of him. By the way, this, this is the most veteran free agent quarterbacks I'm ever going to see in my life or, that are available. Then, I mean, it, it, it's unbelievable the amount that well, that are there. Well, for who? The taking. Who? Well, sure, with the, the, the Sean Watson. We always well, he's not argue, a free agent. You're going to have to trade No, no, for I, him. or there for the taking. I mean, there you go. Okay, yeah, okay, okay, fair enough. So him, look at me, um, literal I, Chris jumping in to say, Marty, how dare you okay. say they're free agents? You I really believe Aaron Rodgers won't be back with Green Bay, but we could argue that in another. We disagree time. on that, right? Okay, maybe you want to go with Big Ben Roethlisberger. Maybe you want to trade for Baker Mayfield because I don't think Cleveland really wants him. The only fact that they're taking him for a fifth year is because of the fifth year on the contract, and they're getting him pretty cheap. But I think they listen to some openings right now if they can get the right deal in a, in a bunch of draft picks because I, I think things have gone real south on them. Um, you know, so I, I think that that's a possibility uh, hmm. off the top of my head. So I think there's about four or five veteran quarterbacks that are out there for the taking. Yeah, okay. It's fair, right? Aaron Rodgers, even though he seems to be – why do they keep putting that doppelganger of his on TV? It's borderline creepy. <laughs> um, 38-27, by the way. The Packers lead it with just um, about eight and a half minutes to go uh, in the game. But you could throw Aaron Rodgers. You mentioned the Maybe Sean Matt Watson Ryan, saga. You know, from, from the Falcons. Uh, Ryan, a possibility. A car, well, and, and Carr, not necessarily for the Raiders, but you get my point. Russell Wilson? Maybe we well, would throw go. that mix. Yeah. Hey, Arnie, let me throw one more. Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo. Jimmy I, G, I, I, yeah. I get it that, you know, they, they drafted Trey Lance and everyone kind of scoffed and thought he should play right away, but – you know, they're winning some games with Jimmy G right now. Right. Maybe suddenly he becomes a little bit more attractive this offseason. So, yeah, there's six guys that we just mentioned off the top of our heads, and I'm sure there's going to be many more, especially, Arnie, with how bad this draft class is and, this year, and, right? And you know the one name you didn't bring up, though, did you? Who's that? Who'd I miss? Tua, and he's not on that list because it's Tua time, my friend. We love Tua down there in Miami now. You'll have him right back on the list (laughs) as soon as he loses their next game, if indeed that happens. Now, uh, Artie, let's talk about some teams. Listen, we obviously understand that the Raiders season has been over for a while, but if we were going to go negative, where else would you look on the NFL schedule here in week 14 whose season you saw come to an end. I think we could go back to Thursday and put Pittsburgh on that list, right? 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But the, they're, you know, they're still right there in the thick of things with a 500 record. So I don't know if the their season officially came to an end. But the Raiders, um, not only did it get uh, come to an end, it came crashing down. And they burnt the bridge, and there's no way to get back across. It is just O V E R. Yes, That's why I, I think it's time to go ahead point. and 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 just blow it up. Start from scratch. New quarterback. You're in a new city. Get yourself another new coach out there, and just rebuild the brand and, and start from scratch. But yeah, their season and they came to the next. That's the last time you'll ever have a meeting before the game at the midfield and get the other team all pumped up. That was a dumb thing to do. Also. So dumb. Well, it also helps whenever you turn the ball over five times against a pretty good football. On the team. first play too, with the fumble the very, and scoop. Very first game is like, let's go out, let's run the football. We're going to run the football this week, and Josh Jacobs fumbles it. I you know watched what? that. I go, what the hell is that? I go, is this live? What? What is this from last week or something? I I really dig like the Mike cause my cleats, and I and I dig everything that people yep. are all in, all into. But can we also kind of start focusing on not fumbling? I mean, and not turning the football over. Let's go. I mean, geez, Louise, for goodness sakes, I want to cuss. Another team I would say <laughs> whose season probably came to an end today, and this might be a little bit unfair because they did fight and scratch and claw and get back, and they could still make the playoffs. But, Arnie, the Buffalo Bills losing and the way that they've lost their last few games, again, when we say season came to an end, we're still playing the football teams, uh, football games, they're in the mix, and the schedule's pretty pretty favorable for them. They've got Carolina, New England, Atlanta, and New York in their final four games. The only road trip there is to New England, so they could easily go 3-1, if not 4-0 in those final four games, but, Arnie, one in three in their last four games. The only win was against the depleted New Orleans team. They got embarrassed on Monday night with the way that New England ran the football. But I guess I kind of hedged that bet a, a bit because, man, they fought and forced overtime tonight when I thought there was no chance they would. You know, think about this. If Kansas City gets up to the number two spot, Kansas City-Buffalo would be a first-round playoff game. How about that? How great, or if, if the Patriots dropped out from number one to number two, it'd be a divisional game uh, if you could oh. do that. The Bills and the Patriots in the first round, obviously. Oh, absolutely. I mean, some of the playoff matchups are wild, but we'll get to the positive side I know, it's of way this. Too a handful early of teams. That. Yeah, way too right. Early, yeah. Uh, well, well and I don't listen. I don't think so. I now, love the love idea of some stuff, of these yeah. playoff matchups. I'm ready to talk mock drafts. But listen, we'll get to the positive <laughs> side of it after the bottom of the hour. Some teams who save their season, but when we come back on a Fox Football Sunday. We'll talk with Matt Verderam for Fan Sided and get his perspective on a kind of boring morning session, if you will, the NFL and an action-packed afternoon and evening, week 14. We're all in next with Matt Verderam on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. 
And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Arnie and Plank on the Fox Football Sunday. Love chatting with our next guest. Fansided.com, sharp NFL mind. Matt Verderam is in the house. Man, uh, Matt, Aaron Rodgers finds a way to just take that knife and kind of turn it a little uh, bit more uh, for Bears fans, right? Um, I, I, and I agree with you, too. The the fourth and inches call, uh, the fourth and eight call, they don't go for it. They're punting the ball away. I mean, not only is Aaron Rodgers going out and dropping dimes, but your coaches aren't helping you out right now. You know what? I think if you're a Bears fan, you can accept losing to Aaron Rodgers. It happens all the time. You ought to be used to it. But mm-hmm. – when your coach is just so gutless that you're punting down 11 points in the fourth quarter on fourth and inches, like, what is even the point? Just get on the bus and go home at that juncture. <laughs> like, I, I, I have no dog in the fight. I can care less who wins, but that just annoys me to no end. You're just such a coward. Let's just go for it. Why? What benefit do you have punting that football? And you're four and eight on top of it. Like, yeah. it, it it's just so mindless. It's so bad. Yeah, I'd like to see the thinking and what goes on there. But let's talk about your Kansas City Chiefs. They pounded Chris Plank's Raiders. Um, do we say now that Mahomes is back? Two touchdowns, no interceptions, a pass rating of 139, or was it the right medicine, the perfect storm that the Raiders were in town, you know? Well, the Chiefs have ripped up the Raiders' cover three defense because it's a single high safety, and that's what the Chiefs do. They shoot a single high safety, they go nuts. Um I don't think that that's the cure-all because a lot of teams, most teams, play two safeties against the Chiefs, and they play them high, and you go from there. But like, I think you know everybody's so focused on Mahomes. They're missing the force of the Chiefs. The Chiefs, the Chiefs defense the last two months Unreal. of the year. They don't give up points. I mean, the Chiefs have given up since November 1st. The Chiefs have given up not one meaningful touchdown. Not <laughs> one. There has not been a drive in the second half of a football game against Kansas City since November 1st where the other teams had the ball and had a chance to tie the game. You're just not going to beat them if they play defense like that, and it has been very consistent now for the last six, seven weeks. You break down the film you study it, Matt. What's clicked there? Has it just been as simple as moving Chris Jones back inside, getting Melvin Ingram going? What is it that's clicked for Steve Spagnuolo's crew? No, it's been a lot. I mean, you could do a whole segment. They, they've just switched out a lot of different pieces. You know, they, they got Willie Gay at the second level back, second linebacker. He missed the early part of the year with a toe injury. He's been great. He's changed their ability to cover backs and to cover tight ends. It, it's been Jones going inside, trading for Melvin Ingram. It's been, it's been Frank Clark and Traverius Ward getting healthy. Thornhill replacing Sorensen on the back. I mean, it's just been a multitude of things. And all of them combined, really, it's a, it's a completely different defense. I mean, if you go back to week three or four, they have like seven new starters. Mm-hmm. So it has really been all that coming together, and it's led to a defense over the last six weeks is number one in almost every category that matters in the NFL, including points allowed. Could you imagine if they go back to the offense of old and start clicking the way they are with the way their defense is playing? Forget about winning it all. I mean, that's how we talk about dynasties when you're that good, you know? Well... Dynasty's easy, but if they lose on Thursday, they're not even going to be winning their division if the Chargers handle three games they should at the end of the year. So, 
look, it, it's still a road for the Chiefs. They still have to handle their business. But right now, you I mean, to me, them, the Packers, the Bucks, the Cardinals, like those teams, and, and the Cardinals, they've got to prove some things because they've never won anything, and those are three teams have. But um, they're the best teams in football. Around. And, and New England deserves credit. Look, I – I think New England's limited offensively. It's just the only reason I don't go there is I just think in a playoff game at some point, Jones is going to have to win one of these games. I, I just don't see that. But these are a lot of credit. They're great situationally. They're great defensively. And you know they're great coaching-wise. So, um, you know, they certainly belong in, in a conversation that, that, you know, they could make a run. Man, Matt, so many different things from today that I'm curious to talk about. But, but I don't want to miss a conversation with you where we – don't talk about Monday Night Football. And if we thought last week was a big Monday Night Football game, man, this mm. Monday night has the potential to be massive. And I don't – I mean, listen, we, we don't need to talk about must-wins or anything of that nature. I, last week was weird for the Cardinals in the rain, but I'm just – I'm excited. I think we get ourselves a, a damn good Monday Night Football matchup, and I think it's going to be real fun to see who comes out on top. They, they played a hell of a game earlier this year in Los Angeles. It's a great game. Uh, you know, the Cardinals waxed them back in week four. To me, this game is a lot more about the Rams than it is the Cardinals. Look, I, I, the Cardinals beat just about every good team they've played this year. Like I, other than the Packers, in a weird game where they had Colt McCoy there against Carolina, what do I need to see from the Cardinals? The Cardinals are good. The Cardinals are really good. Like, the next thing I need to see out of the Cardinals is how they handle a playoff team. But I, hmm. I've seen enough to know they're really good. Are the Rams really good? The Rams have beaten the Buccaneers in week three and have gotten shellacked by every other good team they've played this year. They, yeah. they got blown out by Arizona, got blown out by Tennessee, by the 49ers, by the Packers. Like, go ahead and win again. I actually posed this question the other day. If the, if the Rams win this game, is it the biggest win of Matt Stafford's career? Ooh. It probably is. Which, I don't know what that says, but it probably is. So, they need to win this game a lot more in some ways in Arizona. Although Arizona loses, they're a three seed all of a sudden. You know, as far as I'm concerned, they're still on a three game losing streak. Just because you beat the Jaguars to end that, that really yeah. doesn't solve anything. And, you know, that, that was just, you know, breaking that losing streak. Otherwise, they're still the same, same team that lost those three in a row. Oh, no question. Nobody, nobody cares if you beat Jacksonville. Right? I mean, that, that to me, that's like, that's like beating Vanderbilt for Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> like you better beat them. So I, I just you know that the question with the Rams. I wrote a big feature on McVay a couple of weeks ago and talked to people in the league, and certainly a lot of respect for him. There also was that looming question. Talking to sources, like, look, like they over the years have kind of bogged down as the seasons went on. If you look at them historically, you just look at the facts. I mean, that that is a clear correlation. The longer the season goes on, the more the Rams kind of grind to a halt. If they don't win this game in Arizona, they're not winning the division. They are, at that juncture, fighting for a five seed. And you look at the way the NFC is constructed, that's a hell of a road. I mean, you're probably going to Dallas. And even if you win that game, then you're going to either Arizona, Green Bay, or Tampa. And then if you somehow win that, you're going to one of those other teams. I mean, it's just, that's a long way. That's a long, long way for a team that has it really – has struggled against anybody good this year. Matt Verderams, our guest, fansidedby.com. What, one more for me before I let you get out of here. We were, because, you know, Raiders fan, I'm ready to move on. We were talking <laughs> about vacancies. Uh, so, you know, Vegas is going to be open. I, I'm assuming that, you know, we're going to have a vacancy in Chicago, maybe Denver, though. I don't know if Vic Fangio saved things. 
Is there any way that Urban Meyer could possibly be kept for another year at Jacksonville, Matt? Mm. I just the only way would be Con Shad Khan just doesn't want to eat the money on the contract. And it becomes like a stare now and they just hope either, you know, Meyer retires or he or he goes and takes some college job. But that's so that that thing is so bad. I don't know how you how you move forward with that current situation. But I actually wrote about it a little bit in my column, Stack in the Box, it's gonna come out tomorrow morning on fan side. Like that I think there's a chance this is the first time since 2007 we have two one-and-done coaches. I mean, I think he's got a good shot to go. And then does Cully survive in Houston? I don't know. You know, and I even look at Robert Sala. I think he'll be there. Like, I think he'll stay. But mm-hmm. they are brutal. They are so bad. brutal, brutal football team. So I, I think there's a real shot to get a couple guys who are one-and-done. Wow. That's unreal. Is this the hiring cycle for enemy though, you think? I think it's a few guys. Kellen Moore is kind of the, uh, the, yeah. the plum of the group, I think, right now. But, you know, look, the enemy is going to be in the mix. Brian Dable is going to be in the mix. Um, you know, I know the Bills have scuffled some, but he's still viewed favorably. But I think, I think Moore is the guy that a lot of teams are going to try and, and make a move for. He's just – he's seen so, so valuably. But it, do the Cowboys pay him to keep him there? Do they just – do what they did with Garrett, make him a head coach in waiting, and just pay him a fortune to keep him there. I don't know. I like it. All right, hey, Matt, you're the man. Oh, do you have something else, Arnie? I'm sorry. I'm just like trampling. No, no, no. no. Yeah, I thought he brought okay. up a good point. Coach in waiting, though, that, that stuff never works out, my friend. It, it just seems like the guy yeah. waiting waits for years and years and years and like, I'm out of here, you know? <laughs> I mean, if I was Kellen Moore, I'd leave. Like, why? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, uh, what happens if all of a sudden your offense stinks the following year? Then what? <laughs> Yeah. Then you the head coach in waiting, right? Like I I'm always a big believer in Yeah, I remember I remember when the what was it, the Eagles? I mean it was the Super Bowl John D. Filippo was like, Hey, he's gonna be the head coach. Yeah. I mean, listen, he's a good coach, but like not getting a head coaching job. You, you strike while the iron's hot when you're an assistant coach in the NFL. Absolutely. Because if you don't, you end up like Joe Brady. All right, hey Matt, you're the man. Fansidey.com, check it out. We'll talk to you again soon, buddy. Have a great week. Hey, sounds good. Take care, guys. Yeah, take All care. Right. That's Matt Verderan. We by, talk to him every single. Well, just by the by way, instead of coach and wait, instead of a fiance, you could say she's a wife in waiting or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I like it. <laughs> I think fiancés have a more uh, better opportunity to get married than coaches in waiting have in getting that coaches job. All right, listen, uh, I don't want to get in trouble from Bo, but let's find out what's yeah. trending Who because we got Bobo, a good yeah. Sunday night football game going on, don't we? Oh, we had 45 points in that second quarter, gentlemen. Right now, a minute 21 to go. It's Green Bay 45-30 over the Chicago Bears. Bears actually led this one with a minute to go till halftime, 24-14. to And by, well, just a couple of minutes ago, it was 45-27. Then there was a Cairo Santos 43-yard field goal. Now the onside kick has been recovered by Chicago. So not quite mm-hmm. over, but if you look at the standings, we got... Tampa Bay at 10 and 3. They won in overtime. A Green Bay win puts them at 10 and 3. Arizona's 10 and 2 and plays the Monday night game hosting the Rams. Of those 3, 
battling for the one seed here with a month left in the season, the Green Bay Packers would have an 8-2 and two conference record, impressively so, after tonight's game if they can sew it up. Again, Bears ball, about midfield, only a minute 21 to go. Green Bay up by 15. Yeah, but all's forgiven if they get the backdoor cover. Bears fans will be happy. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's all that matters. Nobody will be sad in Chicago tomorrow if that happens, uh, I'm sure. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers with four touchdown passes, 341 yards through the air. Tom Brady had three total touchdowns in the overtime win against Buffalo, 33-27. That included the game-winning touchdown toss, catch and run. Brashad Perriman with the game-winner, 58 yards. That was Brady's 700th career TD pass. The Bucks are 6-0 at home. A Green Bay win tonight, by the way, would put them at 6-0 at home. San Francisco won in overtime at Cincinnati, 26-23. George Kittle, 13 receptions, 151 yards and a score. Brandon Ayuk, the game-winning TD reception, a 12-yarder. Each team had five sacks. Each team missed a field goal. 49ers come out on top. Denver, a 38-10 winner over Detroit as the Broncos honored their late wide receiver today, Demarius Thomas. He died Thursday at the age of 33. Chargers were up 37-7 on the Giants with under 10 minutes left. 37-21 the final as wide receiver Keenan Allen was out, as was safety Derwin James. Still, the Chargers beat the Giants again. They're 5-0 against them over the last 20 years. The Chargers at one point their first 32 plays, 16 first downs. It was just ridiculous how well things were going for much of the game. By the halftime, the Giants offense, and if you haven't seen the Giants, don't bother, but six drives, (laughs) uh, seven drives actually, and six first downs in the first half. Unbelievable. Uh, As some people called it, a lack of explosion with the Giants offense is what you get. I like the way you put that. There was late first half, for example, the Giants an 18-yard punt. And so then the Chargers said, oh, okay, I guess we're not taking a knee. Four plays, 75 yards in 23 seconds. They get another touchdown. Eventually it got up to 37-7. It was that kind of a day. And uh, it just continues for the Giants' offense. Don't let the two late garbage touchdowns fool you. Last week at Miami, the Giants had no touchdowns on offense. The week before, one touchdown. The week before that, one touchdown. The week before that, one touchdown on offense against the Raiders. That's the Giants' offense. Kansas City won its sixth straight game, 48-9 over Las Vegas. You know, the Chargers are still just one game behind Kansas City in the division and host the Chiefs this Thursday night on Fox TV. Cleveland beat Baltimore 24-22. Browns had led 24-3 late in the first half. Dallas... 27-20 winners at Washington, and the Cowboys lead Washington by three games in the division with four games left. Dallas with an impressive in-conference record of 7-1. Atlanta and New Orleans each one on the road. Seattle as well. Tennessee shut out Jacksonville 20-0. The Jaguars are 2-11. They've lost five in a row. NBA note, Brooklyn's Kevin Durant had 51 points in a win mm. at Detroit, 116-104. to 104. Pistons have lost 12 straight. Yeah, I could score 12. Uh, <laughs> Auburn quarterback <laughs> Bo Nix is entering the transfer portal. That news tonight. Wow. And uh, we can update. It's under a minute to go at Green Bay now. 45-30, the Packer lead over the Bears. It's going to be fourth down. Back to you. By the way, I, got, I have a homework assignment for you. There was three onside kicks that were recovered today. What's the record in a day? Well, for the last few years, that's got to be the record because until yeah. they changed the rules for this yeah. year, nobody yeah. was recovering yeah. onside kicks yeah, in recent years. but I think years. back in the day, it was a lot easier than, than it is now. Still, one day, that's notable. Three, yeah. Wow. The one in the Browns-Ravens game, I, the dude turned his back on the football. <laughs> Did you see that? I, I, I mean, it was an absolutely perfect kick, 
And the and, and again, I understand what he was doing because I think he was turning to block, but literally the ball was coming right to him, and he turned his back. He's like, I won't see this. And somehow, some way, the Ravens got the football back, and nearly. Could you imagine if the Browns would have lost that game? Oh my oh, goodness! Oh, because Baltimore is now one and three in the division. Their division lead is just one game over Cleveland and Cincinnati. This was a huge uh, flip that it would have been in the standings if if that had happened. By the way, Packer interception that'll there pretty pretty much do it in Green Bay. They stink ball game. Who's that? The Packers or the Bears? The <laughs> no, four and nine Chicago Bears. Yeah, four, four and nine. nine. Bears. Gosh, Jeez. Justin Fields. There were moments though. There were moments though tonight where you watched Justin Fields and you thought, mm, okay, I'm intrigued by the future. Unfortunately, those ended rather quickly in the second half. All right, it's Arnie and Plank on a Fox Football Sunday, and as always, we are brought to you in part by our friends at Discover. Real credit card questions require real people, someone who understands your issues and works to resolve them with you. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Okay, so Arnie, we went negative, right, yeah. with whose season came to an end earlier in the show. Let's go positive. Who kind of saved the season or maybe kicked that playoff run into a little higher gear today? It wasn't easy, but San Francisco, I mean, I Absolutely. thought they had the game easily. They let Cincinnati get right back in the thing. They missed a kick at the end of regulation. It goes into overtime, and then, of course, they get the touchdown um, after giving up the field goal. Great win. Well, I don't know about a great win, but that was a big win. Um, that uh, keeps their, well, I don't hope so, but it keeps them in the thick of things. That was a big, because going to six and seven gives you a whole different feel than seven and six and making a Preach. playoff march with three games left or four games left. As a fan of a team that's six and seven, yeah, exactly. I could not agree more. How about the Dallas Cowboys? How about what they did? Now, I know, again, speaking of, of weird moments, I mean, Bobo, what was it like in your living room whenever uh, – Dak Prescott threw that pick right to the linebacker. Um, yeah, no comment. Not good. Not good. Yeah, <laughs> like I to imagine. be honest, I it didn't. I didn't watch it because I don't have the NFL package, but I'm reading it on my. Apps. Oh gosh, so you're having to watch it on yeah. the app? Oh my gosh. Yeah, and then like every time I look up, I'm like every few Life minutes I would close. go to Facebook and like watch like a live feed that would play for like 35 <laughs> seconds, <laughs> and yeah, and I was like, wait a minute, why? What? What happened here? Let's go. Well, how did this happen? Oh but, my god. I would throw Dallas in that they mix. They were crushing, yeah, first half. Because Washington had put together a few wins. People were saying nice things about them. If they would have won, they would be only, what, uh, two games back of the Cowboys, and they played them again on the 26th. But now well, Dallas one wins. One game behind. One game behind. Thank you, Arnie. Yeah, one yeah. game behind, then Washington would have been able to tie him for first place with a win in two weeks, essentially. But – my gosh, they go out and they win, and now <laughs> your next two games are at New York uh, against the Giants and back home for Washington. I mean, the Cowboys are going to be 11-4 and four and might have the division clinched heading into their last two weeks of the season, Arnie. I, might. I, I, my, will have the division clinched by that point. Hell, they almost do now. They might, they'll have the division clinched with a win next week against the Giants. So you got to feel really good about Dallas, who, let's face it, after – a couple of tough losses to the AFC West and the Chiefs and the Raiders. Now they've put together back-to-back -to -back wins, and both have been pretty impressive. They play like that in the first half. They're going to go oh. far in the playoffs, but they uh, they couldn't put the four quarters together. I mean, twenty-four nothing. They were dominating on the road against a Washington team that was you know coming together a little bit. And then in the second half, it was all Washington. You, you don't know which half you're getting. It's like Jekyll and Hyde, the Cowboys. It was unbelievable. 
I think the uh, Broncos too. You you mentioned being six and seven as opposed to seven and six. And listen, oh, I know yeah, the Lions win. stink, yeah. but they they, they pay COVID tribute too. Yeah, and they've had – you're right. Uh, the Lions had terrible COVID issues. Yep. But you think about the tribute that the Broncos paid to Demarius Thomas, yeah, what's, what's been an inconsistent offense all season long, Arnie. Bridgewater goes out, throws a couple of touchdowns. Melvin Gordon looking like, I don't know, 2020, uh, 2017 Melvin Gordon out there today. Ran for a couple of touchdowns. I thought the Broncos were a team that, you know, they're not great, but they're not terrible, but they just keep kind of sticking around. If I was a quarterback in college and I was going to be a first-round selection, I'm saying to myself, man, I hope the Broncos take me. What a great situation. Kind of like the way uh, Mac Jones fell into the Patriots. What a good situation that'd be with a good defense, great crowd, great city, falling into the Broncos in a division where, you know, all you have to do is really compete against Kansas City at this point. I I, I think it's fantastic. The Chargers are pretty damn good. Yeah, I should have brought them up. Yeah, my bad on that. And Raiders are great in the first seven weeks of the season. (laughs) So if you can get them in the the final. I thought the first three weeks I thought you were going to say. Final ten weeks of the season, you're in really good shape. They'll be five and two by week seven and end up six and seven like they are right now. They went by the Chargers, though, even though seven and five. Um, to get them to eight and five, that was still a big win. Not that they weren't going to make the playoffs, but um, really puts them right there up to uh, up toward the top of that one. You you keep that record over five hundred. That minimizes the amount of teams you have to jump over <laughs> to try to get into the playoffs, yeah. and you feel a little bit more secure. And I think with beating a good team like the Bengals and doing it the way the Chargers did down the stretch, uh, or pardon me, the Bengals. What am I saying? Uh, getting a win today over the Giants and having uh, a matchup with the Bengals a couple weeks ago, you feel pretty good about the way things are going. Niners, by the way, as you mentioned with the Bengals, that was a fun game, the way that that thing wrapped up down the stretch. All right, when we come back on a Fox football Sunday, let's go all in on Twitter. I've ignored it too terribly much here early in the show, so we'll hit your tweets, at Genius one I'm at Plank Show. It's all coming up next on a Fox football Sunday. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. It's Arnie and Plank on a Fox Football Sunday. We'll kick off hour two next with our staple after week 13 of the NFL. I know this. Absolutely. We do it every week. Uh, We'll start dipping our toe a bit into the college basketball and NBA world. Congratulations on your Wildcats. Number one in the country. I tried to tell you that. Well, not quite yet. Yeah, they are. But looking good. Looking Looking good. Looking great. Who cares what the pollsters say anyway? This is that moment where I remind you, Arnie Spanier, that college football preseason pollsters had – North Carolina, Iowa State, and Miami in the top ten. Oh, and Florida too. Yeah. So and no Michigan. Polls, polls are irrelevant. Unranked, uh, yeah. unranked for yeah. Michigan. Un- Do you have any problem? I know you were on the air last night during the Heisman Trophy ceremony. Were you able to overcome your shock of Bryce Young winning? No, it was pretty tough. I, you know, <laughs> it took me quite a while to get over that. Um, I was shocked that the uh, Hutchinson got so many votes uh, for first place. I thought it was going to be like ninety nine percent. Uh, for uh, for Bryce, so I, I was a little thrown back by that. I'd like to see that both he and Will Anderson got as many first-place votes as they did. Uh, Will Anderson should have been there based on the old formula, but 
I mean, listen, it, it it was a weird year for the Heisman Trophy, Arnie. I mm-hmm. don't even know if we truly felt like we had a favorite heading into the last week of the season. And Army and Navy, the yeah. official end of the college football regula- uh, regular season with the upset by Navy. Now we can fast forward to Arnie not caring about the team playoff. I only cared to see if it went under. That's why I was 16 watching. straight games that yeah. that's uh, gone but, under between Army and Navy. By the way, real quick on Twitter, uh, a tweet that wasn't addressed to us, but I wanted to read anyway. Uh, our buddy David Dr. Chow, you know him, uh, said, good news, a very low-slash-short boot, talking about Lamar Jackson, unlikely high ankle sprain, expect only a short-term absence. So um, that could have been disastrous uh, for Baltimore. Oh, my gosh. I have this, like, feeling of pride right now. You usually hate bringing up anything injury-related. and look. At well, that you. was kind of big. You didn't know oh. if he was going to be out for the season or what, you know? That's 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 very cool. Very cool. Uh, good job, Arnie. Yeah, that was – I I was, was so bad. angry. I was so angry I went away from the red zone for a while. You know, just – I'd always see those highlights because there were no good highlights today for the Raiders. But I, I, I happened to catch whenever he, he, he left the game, when Lamar Jackson left the game, and I thought to myself, well, first they're going to lose by 50 – and second, that doesn't look good, right? It's just no, it did. And and thankfully, if it is as Doctor Chow talked about that lower boot, Arnie, that's a good sign that it's not a high ankle sprain. You want to give some... you one? Let me give one oh, that go we ahead. got. It said Fern. Well, I was just stinking, about ready to read them. Go ahead. Well, stinking genius, Dabo Sweeney on the Raiders sideline last week. Is he the next Raiders coach? Uh, I don't know who I want. Danny G and I were just talking about that. I don't think Dabo Sweeney's going to be an NFL coach. I know he's been he's been at three games this year, but for some reason, everyone talked about him being at last week's game. <laughs> he's been our three games in the career, I should say, of Hunter Renfro. I don't know if I have a favorite right now. I really don't. Uh, uh, Danny G, I know you were talking Dion. I think you were joking. <laughs> Dion. That would uh, be great. That would be great. I just want to see I a coach – who's right in the middle of the thick of things with the players and oh, shows that emotion it. and cares as much as Raider Nation does. Okay. Basachi has just been standing there with this Gosh. bored look on his face. It's terrible. Good, good call there with Dion. Good call there, Danny. You think, De- I, listen, I'll take anyone over Rich Bas- Bless your heart, Rich Basachi. I think you're an awesome dude. And I loved what you did for two games. But son of a beat, <laughs> the thing that has been the worst with the Raiders outside of their offense is their special teams, and you are the special teams coach, so it makes no sense. But here's one, speaking of coaches, that I wanted to get to here real quick, Arnie. This is from Authentic Allen, who writes, You're kidding, right? Kellen Moore is the hot new thing over Enemy. What am I missing here? What exactly has Enemy not done to prove he shouldn't be the hot new thing? Not winning enough? Mahomes digression, Andy Reid not a good mentor. I, I don't know who he's. Oh, was that Verderam Matt that said that? Because I'm yeah, because kind I of said co- we, I remember we were talking about coaching waiting, yeah. and I said that never works out. So, um, but he's right about that. Biadami uh, should be get, getting a coach a coaching job this time around. I'm guess, I'm guessing. Well, how many? I mean, could there be a situation where you know Andy Reid's sixty three, uh, he won a Super Bowl. If and the Chiefs are looking good right now, I mean. Uh, could this be one of those situations where Andy Reid looks at it as this might be it and just hand the reins to Eric Benamini's when he died? I also, though, as soon as I say that, I get the sense, Artie, that Andy Reid's going to coach for like ever. He'll yeah, be a guy like the new 45 or something like that. <laughs> yeah, <you know>? Exactly. <laughs> He's been incredible with Kansas City. But yeah, I listen, I, I think this is that hiring cycle where Biennium is going to get a shot, and especially at a place like Vegas, who will try to do everything they can 
to get some of that Kansas City magic in Las Vegas. But we'll see. It's definitely going to be a vacancy that will be attractive. More of your tweets coming up next hour, plus Todd Furman. And after week 14 the NFL, we know this. We're into it next on Fox. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. We power through. Yes. I feel better. Usually the first hour is if the Raiders lose, I'm bitter, sad, disappointment. But by hour two, I'm better. So I'm better. I mean, it still sucked. Don't get me wrong. But I'm I'm better. Things are better now, Arnie. I watched an Oklahoma Sooner hype video. We're winning the national championship next year, so all is better. In, no, it in could my be worse. World. You could be a big Hamilton fan who blew a lead and lost the Grey Cup. You know, my boy's the quarterback for Hamilton, right? Dane Evans, former University of Tulsa standout. You did a good job of being the mush for them last week. Well done. Yeah. Whenever you. Whenever you picked him to win it, right? DeSager, Arnie ruined their run. <laughs> I did read, though, that he went out, Mr. Uh, Tulsa, with an apparent uh-oh. neck injury in the first yes. half. And so the quarterback the rest of the way was Jeremiah Masoli from Oregon. Who got and replaced last week uh, by him, right? Is that what happened or no? Well, I just know that I read Hamilton still hasn't won the Mighty Grey Cup in over 20 years, whereas Winnipeg, of course, is back-to-back champions, as everyone knows. An overtime win tonight, and a guy from Auburn had the winning touchdown catch, Darvin Adams. There you go. Were you uh, financially invested in this tonight, Arnie, or no? No, I was just watching it. It it was hard for me because is there two-point kicks? Is that what's going on in that thing or what? God, so crazy rules. I thought you were watching to see if he could find any of your old Arizona players. No, no, I I was just had it on. on, You know, I have two TVs, so I put it on the other TV, kind of want to watch a little football. I was enjoying it. It was close. It was going back and forth. There's nothing wrong with Canadian. I mean, people that – for an elitist – I guess my thought is for an elitist like yourself, Yes. I'm thoroughly surprised that you would lower yourself to the Grey Cup, yeah. Arnie. I usually thoroughly don't, surprised. but I, I can't get into the three-down thing. That doesn't work for me. I just Very can't do odd. that. Yeah. Uh, Todd Furman's coming up in a bit. A reminder, if you're a valued customer, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company. You know who takes care of you on that front? Discover. That's why Discover yes. matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. Discover. Exceptionally common uh, since learn more at discover.com slash match limitations apply. All right, let's dive into this, Arnie. We got tons of tweets I still need to get to. We got audio that's starting to pour in from the locker rooms, but it's a staple of this y'all very radio program. So after week 14, Arnie Spanier, I know this. I know this after week 14, and I probably knew this a couple of weeks ago, but I certainly know it now, especially after the injury uh, to the running back situation. The Titans just don't scare me at all. For a team that's supposed to be one of the elite in the AFC, and they've given it up to like maybe the Patriots and some other teams out there, they don't scare me. If I want to meet them in the first round and I'm a you know a six or seven seed, I'm totally fine with it. Uh, I used to think that this team was you know one of the teams that you'd have to go through to get to the Super Bowl. I'm not thinking that at all. They they just I don't know what it is, but they've just kind of you know not hit a wall. Obviously, they got their injuries, but uh, to Henry, but they just don't look like the same team they were last year. This uh, is this in response to Shady Sean calling us the second best show. 
on Sunday, <laughs> you picking on his Titans like this? Is this what it is? I, no. You know what? Yeah. Would that change at all if Derrick Henry comes back? Which, by oh, the way, course. there's reports yeah, that he's back. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, after week 14, I know this. And this was around the time last year that uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers started to kind of find that next level. Yes. Remember, they were 7-5 yes. and five and then didn't lose again. Arnie, I think we're seeing a bit of a repeat of 2020 oh. here in 2021 with what yeah, the Bucks are doing. Today, yeah. They tried. They yeah. tried their best, but in the end, they still come away with a the win. They're 10-3 and three right now. They're sitting in that three spot in the NFC. And let me tell you something. The schedule down the stretch for the Buccaneers is, is um, I don't know how to put this nicely, less than stellar, less than challenging. Now, I know the Saints have had their number, right? The Saints have seemed to have the Buccaneers' number. But here's the final four games for Tampa Bay. New Orleans, at Carolina, at the Jets, and home for the Panthers. They play the Panthers twice in their final four games. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) They could easily finish the uh, the year 14-3, and if not 13-4, and which will put them right up there probably as the two seed. So maybe I'm getting a little carried away looking ahead, and I know that it got a little bit dicier than it should have today or at least became a little bit tighter than it should have been. But, Arnie, after week 14, I know this. The Bucs are just as good, if not better, than they were last year. All right, I'll tell you what. After week 14, I know this, and I probably knew it a long time ago, and I've been telling you I've known this a long time ago. It's time to blow up the Giants. Two of the three have to go. (laughs) Gettleman, Judge, Jones. It's too easy to say all three's got to go. Um, One of them's got to stay. You decide who gets to stay. Uh, Matter of fact, I want Jones gone. I want Gettleman gone. I could deal with Judge staying for another year or two. But other than that, this is just a debacle. It's getting old watching the Jets and the Giants losing and being horrible every weekend for years and years and years. This is just horrible. Dumb question. Um, Do you think if Daniel Jones, and I again, contractually, they are stuck with him for at least two years. Um, but do you think Daniel Jones, if the Giants decide to move on from him or bring in another quarterback, does he land somewhere else where he's a starter? No. I don't think so either. Who would you rather so have as your starter, Tua or Daniel Jones? Uh, uh, Heineke or Daniel Jones? Probably Heineke right now, even though he got hurt today. Yeah, yeah uh, that yeah. was a horror. I, I still have questions about that late turnover by Washington that they called uh, a fumble, but we, we can we can hash right, through that right. later in the program. But here's here's the thing: your decision year for Daniel Jones, Arnie, is next year, right? You don't have to decide on your fifth year option with him until either this off season or next year. I mean, he's only in his third season in the National Football League, and he's still on an affordable yeah. deal right now. So I don't know if, you, if you're if you saying you'd rather have a Taylor Heineke or Tyler Heineke or whatever uh, as far as, as opposed to Daniel Jones, then you're also saying I'd rather take a shot with any random free agent quarterback <laughs> out there right now than Daniel Jones because that's what, what Heineke was. He was a damn ra- dentist. Maybe I'd rather have Jones over, let's say, uh, Taysom Hill. How about that for the Saints? How about that one? What? you're going to pretend like you haven't been writing him for the better part of the last two years. You're He's suddenly going to think that, yeah. that that you gave us that little mind eraser thing and you haven't told us that you'd give Taysom Hill all the money and he would be your guy. Boy, that was now. a mistake. Huh? That was a big mistake. He's a Swiss um, Army knife. 
Oh, uh, look out. He can do anything. Uh, yeah. I, let, let me let me throw one then, too, because I, I know since you talked about a bad football team, I will as well. I think we saw the end for two coaches today. I think Rich Basaggia had a chance to get the full-time job for the Raiders if they finished strong, but getting your asses kicked twice by the Chiefs isn't going to let that happen. And I know I know when we talked about this with Matt Verderam, he was worried about the money side of this, Shaid Khan, and listen, money's never been an issue to the Khan family, but in a contractual situation like this, you don't want to have to pay a guy out for just one season. But I do think we saw the end of the Urban Meyer era in the National oh, yes. Football League. Oh, yeah. That was going to be one right? of my picks at the end. There at, you go. At the end of the show. No doubt about that. So I think right now, just off the top of my head, if I'm looking at vacancies, I'm going Bears. I'm going to throw the Giants in there. I, I think okay. I don't think I, I don't think either one's going. I think Judge is okay, but I don't think that he's done anything to warrant giving him more time. And maybe that's a little bit unfair after what two seasons to move on, but. Hey, listen, This we're in a win-now situation. Yeah. There's no Life's grace period or rebuilding, right? Uh, you don't pay Urban Meyer all that money to rebuild, which is why he's going to be gone in Jacksonville. Uh, Vegas, they're going to have an opening. And I still think, Arnie, that Denver is going to make him. What move. about the Jets? I really do. I think they're going to give Salah another year. Okay. I really do. I just That's the one place where I look at and say, give him two, let's see what happens. Because – if they once they get rid of him, if they decide to move on, Salah's going to be one of the hottest commodities in the NFL as a defensive coordinator. We're talking about what we learned after Week 14. I know this. I know this period. Urban Meyer done, Arnie. I think there is going to be a vacancy in Jacksonville. This yeah, that's what that was going to be one of my picks. And I said this yesterday when I was filling in with with Torres um, that it, it's just not going to work. The guy just won't change his style. You can't be a curmudgeon. You can't do that college stuff and get away with it in the NFL. You can't be pushing people around, especially now that they're adults and they're making big money and it's more of a business out there. Um, you know, people have said, yeah, I've never seen a coach never get back on the plane um, with their team. And when he did that, he lost the team. We know about the, the pictures or the video or whatever that was. I don't want to rehash that at all. Uh, it, it's been a debacle. I thought it was going to be a great thing for them. I just think he's too old um, to deal with not him being like the big chief in town like he was uh, in Columbus. So I, I think it's time for him to go. Um, all right, I've got uh, a couple more here on Twitter. Did you have one more you wanted to add after no, week ahead. 14? You know to, this. All right, Emmett writes, uh, after week 14, I think you can make a case for Justin Herbert to be an MVP candidate. He has seven games with at least 300 yards passing. He is the second player to have 60 touchdown passes through two seasons. You mean the Tom Brady Award? Is that what he's talking about? <laughs> I think that's what he's talking about. How about think, how about if Brady wins the MVP and they play Belichick and the Patriots in the Super Bowl? Well, which way would you go? I mean, you hated Brady and then you loved I'm him going and you my, hated him. My Tom Brady. Okay, that's kind of what I thought, but yeah. I, you know, I just don't. You know, I, I'm I'm real big on trying to point out when people get real knee jerky. I live it every Sunday night with you. But I feel like <laughs> as, as knee-jerkish as things get in the NBA, Arnie, I feel like we are so knee-jerky with the MVP award in the NFL. Every single week, one bad game. Is, well, he's out of it. He's not going to win the MVP. And then the next week, boy, what a game he's the MVP makes. I mean, I, I don't even know what the odds look like right now, but it'd be hard to ignore what Justin Herbert has done, especially if the Chargers continue this role and make the playoffs. I would think that Tom Brady is the favorite right now. Am I wrong on that or what? 
Hold on. We are pulling it up from five days ago. This okay, is from so. the NFL MVP. So it wouldn't include this weekend yet, obviously. But right. Tom Brady is the favorite, followed by uh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. With we forgot Josh about Allen Murray is too, still yeah. third and Kyler Murray fourth. Uh, you don't really have big numbers right now on Justin Herbert. Plus four, or you have really big numbers on Herbert. Plus 1,400 as far as your 2021 2022 NFL MVP. They still have Derek Carr being like one of the top 10. How funny is that? Oh, is he still? Because he's not on this yeah. list that I'm looking at. <laughs> hey, he's third in the league in passing. I mean, it's not his fault. The team sucks. Uh, all right. And then um, w- one more from me here, and then we'll move on and we'll get Todd Furman on here. Arnie, after week 14, I know this. The battle for the seven seed and maybe even the six seed in the NFC is going to absolutely positively be gross. You have Washington right now holding it with a six and seven mark. Minnesota is right there too with a six and seven mark, as is Philadelphia, Atlanta, and New Orleans all yeah. at six and seven. Now, you and I kind of went back and forth a couple weeks ago on this. You still think a team with a losing record will not make the playoffs? It if it does, it's I mean, obviously it's gonna be that seventh seed in that NFC. It's unbelievable. Uh, that four teams are going to – is it four? Four teams are going to battle it out. I don't think any more than uh, – I think San Francisco will remain above 500. It's going to come down to some crazy tiebreakers if you got four teams involved. Forget about the head-to-head. You're going to be, like, flipping coins and stuff like that. <laughs> can, can you imagine? Man. You're sitting there with Washington and Minnesota, and it's here representing Washington is – Injured defensive lineman Chase Allen here representing Minnesota is Kirk Cousins. Gentlemen, we will flip the coin. One you're... coin says Vikings, one says Washington. <laughs> no, Winner know, gets to still, go to the playoffs. You're probably still going to have to be above 500. Um, to get, you're going to have to be at least 9-8, and eight, I think, to get into the playoffs in the NFC. So which one of those teams is going 3-1 and one down the stretch? Washington, Minnesota, or Philadelphia? Yeah. Well, you only need one of them, or Atlanta, or or the Saints. They're all six and seven, so you only need. Okay, one well, of which them to one of those do you? Which one of those do you feel confident winning three of its final four games? Uh, well, I, I mean, Minnesota could be, but they got the they have to go on the road against Green Bay. That's the only problem there. Other than that, I think they have four winnable games. They play the Bears. They've got twice. the Rams. Yeah, they play sorry. at Chicago, then they got the Rams, and they go to the Packers, and they play the Bears. That's your Rams, too, who I think you also cursed as well a couple weeks ago <laughs> when you started demanding apologies from Rob Parker to Matt Stafford and Bernie Fratto to Matt Stafford. So you yeah, cursed a, the Rams. Uh, the Eagles have a pretty easy schedule. They got Washington, the Giants that at Washington, and the Cowboys. Remember, only 3-1 and one will go ahead and have you that 9-8 uh, and eight record, so that's very possible, too. Do you know what happened the last time the Eagles played the Giants? They got beat, so I'm not yeah. really – and they were held to seven whole points. So, I, and I guess now suddenly I was like, ooh, Gardner Minshew, look out. Yeah, listen, go with Gardner Minshew and see how that gets you. You were playing the Jets last week. <laughs> Congrats on your 33-18 win, Eagles fans. All right, so there's some of ours. Anything you missed, Arnie, that you wanted to get to before we grab a timeout and Todd Furman joins us? No, I want. I have a bunch of stuff I want to ask him. I wonder how the books did today because there was a lot of blowouts with the with the favorites. So especially that Kansas City game, everybody was all over them. Yeah, and uh, they they covered e- easily. So when we come yeah. back on a Fox Football Sunday, we'll hit some more of your tweets. It's Stinking Genius One. I'm at Plank Show. Everybody should be following us at Fox Sports Radio. But we're heading to Vegas to talk to Todd Furman here on a Fox Football Sunday. Do you love Selena? Like really love. 
Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. The game winner for the San Francisco 49ers. It's no. the left cleat. He's no, wearing that did, gold. No, no nothing, right? nothing touched out of bounds before that ball crossed the pylon. He's, boy, he, she jumped a long way to get there. Oh, he went for it. Now he's in. That, that's clearly I, a touchdown. Yeah, I think that is a touchdown. Here is Craig Rolstad. What do you got, Craig? After review, it is a touchdown. Touchdown! <laughs> San Francisco! Ayuk! Ayuk! Ayuk is on fire! Oh, man, it's Greg Papa and the San Francisco 49ers radio network, which leads us right into our man, Todd Furman. What a uh, a game. The uh, two afternoon games ended up being with the Bengals rallying, forcing overtime, and the Niners pulling it out. And then, Todd, where did the Bills come from today to make that a game? That was wild. Trying to figure that out. They looked dead and buried for all intents and purposes at the half, but they rallied and they fought tooth and nail to get back into that game before they forced overtime, ultimately succumbing to a little bit of a blown coverage and Brashad Perryman breaking the big play. But this was the first time we've seen the Bills really show fight and their ability to play with elite teams since maybe their big win at Arrowhead against the Chiefs a few weeks ago. The big concerns coming out of that game is Josh Allen goes to the postgame press conference in a boot. It appears he has a foot and toe injury. I imagine he'll be shelled for a couple days of practice this week, but I don't expect him to miss next Sunday's game. Oh, Todd, the books must have been killed. The Titans win in cover. The Chiefs win in cover. The Saints win in cover. All three-team parlays alive in Vegas. Did they get clobbered or what? I think when we start to see some of the numbers early tomorrow morning, Arnie, this will be the worst Sunday of the season for the sports books. When you look at the way things went, starting as early on Thursday night with the favorite in the Minnesota Vikings and the over coming home there, to the way things wrapped up tonight with people who bet Green Bay before the game, then coming back over the top to bet the Packers at halftime, they bet the game over the total, and favorites finish up NFL Week 14 going into Monday Night Football with a 10-2 and against the spread record. And one of those only underdogs that was able to get there was a pretty trendy underdog in the Baltimore Ravens who snuck in the back door as three-point pups. Wow. Wow. I, I, didn't, I didn't even realize the Ravens were a dog today. But with that in mind, how hard is it now going to be to gauge Baltimore the rest of at least the season? I don't want to say the season, but in the next couple of weeks when we just don't know the availability of Lamar Jackson right now, Todd? I think even with Lamar Jackson, this team has a lot of major concerns going forward. They're extremely banged up. You saw some of their defensive vulnerabilities today. And if Cleveland kept their foot down on the accelerator, they probably don't even give Baltimore a chance to get off the deck and compete in that football game. So we'll monitor Lamar's status. It doesn't appear that Baltimore is throwing in the towel and his availability going forward. But I can tell you for uh, their date next week against the Green Bay Packers, if Lamar is out, you'll be looking at Green Bay nearly a touchdown favorite, if not more, should Tyler Huntley be the wow. starting quarterback. Wow. You know, Todd, I've always said this in college football, now that we have a four-team playoff, it renders the other bowl games insignificant. Um, gambling-wise, now that we have the four-team playoff, are less people gambling on the bowl games, or it makes no difference, and the money's still rolling in on every game possible? 
You know, Arnie, I could set up a goldfish race in my front yard, and when people want to try and get away from their families for the holidays, especially when they're off of work between Christmas and New Year's, they'll bet anything and everything. And I think when you look at the expansion of bowl season, it's a made-for-TV product. It at least gives these kids now that every team that – Rat gets six wins during the regular season, a chance to play a postseason game. It's a reward, maybe more so for the group of five programs than it is for the power five teams that have playoff aspirations or things along those lines. But people will bet these games, regardless of some of the question marks they have about player availability, and professional bettors will always try and stay one step ahead, chasing down a lot of the rumor mills out there as it pertains to the likes of a Carson Strong a Kenny Pickett, or other highly impactful players that are out there, as we've seen a lot of major movement in these games. A lot of them are still 10 to 14 days away. I'd have to laugh, not to get off a tangent here talking college football, but how the hell do you even handicap a game like Oklahoma and Oregon? I mean, I've covered Oklahoma nonstop for 20 years. I have no idea what to expect in this game, Todd. You don't, I don't know who's coaching on either side. I don't know who's playing quarterback for either team. I don't know who's playing defense. How do you even come up with a number for a game like that? Yeah, I mean, you're going to admit you set these numbers based off of the regular season data you have available from a power number perspective, and then you try and figure out which players will or won't be out there. Obviously, we know Kayvon Thibodeau is declared for Oregon. He won't be available. But a lot of the other Ducks, especially on the offensive side, you have to imagine, will be in the mix. Joe Moorhead said he would stick around to coach before he takes over at Akron with his first head coaching job. And on the Oklahoma side, uh, let's see exactly what the Sooners bring to the table. All indications, at least the way I see it now, are that Caleb Williams will be their starting quarterback. But we know every minute of every day things are subject to change. And we'll see how big an effort and emphasis Bob Stoops puts on this game, trying to allow this game to serve as a building block and a stepping stone for the post-Lincoln-Riley era. Todd, back to the NFL. Is it uh, If you're looking at teams to maybe ride a wave with, is it time to jump back on that Kansas City uh, Chief bandwagon or Tampa Bay, uh, especially after what Tampa Bay did last year? Do you just go with them the rest of the way and see if they're going to make a, a run at covering these games or what? Well, I think Tampa is kind of the class of the NFC. Today's meltdown against Buffalo notwithstanding, but as they get healthier in the defensive backfield, you have to be optimistic about what this team can bring from an offensive standpoint. They're much more dynamic this year than they were even last year in the run to the Super Bowl, uh, and they still have a tenacious pass rush and the ability to try and clamp down against the run, which makes them a difficult out. As far as the Chiefs, if you're looking to try and identify some values future-wise, I don't think there's much left. At this point, you probably could have capitalized a few weeks ago. The one team I will have my eyes on next week plays in arguably the biggest game on Saturday night, and that'll be the Indianapolis Colts. I think they're able to make a statement on Saturday night against the Patriots and potentially announce to people that they're going to be relevant in the quest to win the AFC this year. Huge game. Huge game. Speaking of that, big game on Monday night. How are you feeling about the Cards and the Rams? Feel like it's a must win almost for the Rams. Now, they're getting the playoffs. I don't see them tanking, but to keep in the in in the area of of competing for an NFC championship spot they need a big moment on uh Monday night against the Cardinals don't they uh, no doubt about it, and I think as much for confidence uh, uh, on top of everything else. You look at how the Rams have performed offensively. They weren't able to pick up a win during the entire month of November. They got healthy last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and while that game had a lot of noise in it to begin with, it looks even worse when you see the Jags stumble around today against the Tennessee Titans. Arizona is a team that the betting market hasn't truly respected, uh, and I'm very curious to see how they perform uh, with the bright lights on them and a target on their back because we did see them in a standalone game on a Thursday night where Green Bay went in there uh, and beat him outright. 
Let's see if Arizona can handle all of the expectations here. They can put a nail in the Rams' coffin as far as the NFC West is concerned and really make their presence felt as a legitimate threat to not only win the NFC but have a chance to compete at SoFi for the Lombardi Trophy. Todd, you, you know I'm coming out to Vegas. You never sent me your favorite place where you get five dollars steak and lobster. You told me it's your favorite place. So you know, anytime they, anytime Arnie, they'll they're willing to sell you shellfish for five bucks in this day and age with inflation and everything else. Uh, there's a pretty good chance that it's not actually lobster or even that good imitation crab that you can pick up at your local grocery store. So I probably steer clear there unless you're going with Uncle Eddie, and then you can have the blue or the yellow. Wow. There Sorry, you go. You can... give, me, give me those $5 blackjack tables, though. You know, I'm looking for those. Rock I can find you games. a $3 blackjack table. It's just not going to be within a 25-mile radius of the Las Vegas Strip. <laughs> hey, hey, Todd, I, listen, one more quick one on the Raiders. Is that going to be a big opening? I mean, are, are, are good coaches going to want to come there and coach for Mark Davis, coach in Vegas? What do you think? I think it's a great question, and I think one of the selling points for the Raiders has to be you can either take the team as it's currently constructed and build around Derek Carr, or you bring in an offensive-minded head coach that can go in a different direction and kind of scrape things down to the studs and rebuild it. Some of the buzz out here, Chris, and I know you're better connected to the college football coaching community, has been that Mike Mayock and Derek Carr both have a great relationship with Davo Sweeney, and his name has been circulated yes. as a possible candidate, not because of what he brings from an X's and O's standpoint, but more so how he commands things as a CEO, and one of the reasons he's been so successful at Clemson is because he's willing to delegate responsibility, and if Davo was going to leave Clemson, this may be the perfect out, knowing that he lost Brett Venables, who handled the defense, and now you've lost your second offensive coordinator in the last couple of seasons. Yeah, I started that rumor 20 minutes ago. By the way, Urban Meyer, can I bet yay or nay that'll be back next year or too early for that? You know what, uh, Arnie, from what I've been told, uh, Urban Meyer might be taking over as head coach of the UVM football team, so you guys might get him in Burlington (laughs) soon. So be ready, roll out the red carpet, and show him a good time uh, Uh, on Lake Champlain during the summer months. Thanks, Todd. We'll talk to you again next Sunday night, bud. Always a pleasure, gents. Have a great week. Furman. Bet the Board podcast. Check it out. Search Bet the Board in all podcast providers. All right. Steve DeSager has been waiting patiently. He's in to get us caught up on everything going on in the world of sports. What's up, Steve? I'm staying at DeSager's house when I come out there for <laughs> oh, TV. Warn me, warn me last night, which gives us time to change the locks. <laughs> wow. Uh, Green Bay. We'll get to the Green Bay victory in just a bit. But, you know, if Arizona does not win tomorrow night against the Rams, it'll be three teams at 10-3. and three. Tied for the top spot in the NFC, and of course that one seed, so key with the bye, the way the format is now. But don't sleep on the Dallas Cowboys because they have a better conference record than any of those teams. Seven and one in conference, and they have the easy schedule. They're NFC opponents between Thanksgiving and the end of the season. It's almost laughable. It's Arizona and nobody else. The last two weeks, Dallas has beaten Washington and New Orleans. Next week, Dallas at the Giants, and then a rematch with Washington. Dallas is not out of it for the one seed, especially if the Cardinals lose tomorrow night. On the other end of things, yeah, but they got to be they got to finish in a three-way tie. If it goes head to head, they may not get the tiebreaker. They could finish with just one or two conference losses. Everybody else already has at least two conference losses. It's it's doing very well now. They don't want to be tied with Tampa Bay. You're right. No, if that's they it lost for the head to head because exactly of the opening right. thing. Bingo. They are, but look at everybody else's schedule and yeah. look at playing Washington again and the Giants and so forth. Uh, on the other end of things, you've got the battle for the number one draft choice in the spring. Texans two and eleven, Jaguars two and eleven, but Detroit still in the driver's seat with one win and one tie. But how about this? Both the Jets and Giants could have 
two top 10 picks in the draft in April. Of all years, they should have the draft in New York, but they're not going to. It's in Las Vegas next year. But, of course, the way the Raiders are playing, they might have a top 10 pick as well by the end of things. But the Giants have their own selection and Chicago's first-rounder because the Bears moved up to get Justin Fields and gave up their 2022 first-rounder. Jets have their own pick and Seattle's first-rounder, I assume from Jamal Adams. As for tonight's game, it was at Green Bay and a Packers comeback win of 45-30 to over the Chicago Bears. Aaron Rodgers now, just against the Bears, has 61 touchdown passes in his career. The he most, owns them. Uh, that's what I've heard. He is part owner of the Chicago <laughs> Most anyone has ever thrown against Chicago. Brett Favre had thrown 60 against them. By the way, four touchdown passes in this game tonight. So that's the seventh different time he's had at least four TD passes against Chicago. Tenth time he's had a passer rating of at least 125 against Mm. Chicago. So, yeah, he kind of owns them. And I will say on the defensive side for Green Bay, Devondre Campbell comes off the COVID list this week and has 16 tackles in this game tonight. Mm. San Francisco won in overtime at Cincinnati 26-23. to Next Sunday, it's Cincinnati 7-6 at Denver, which is 7-6. Denver beat Detroit 38-10. to Tampa Bay's victory was in overtime against Buffalo 33-27. to Tom Brady with three total touchdowns. As for the Chargers and Chiefs, they each won easily and they'll face each other on Thursday night in LA. The Chiefs victory was their sixth in a row, 48-9 over Las Vegas. Chargers were up 37-7 against the Giants with under 10 minutes to go, 37-21 the final. It was a blowout. At one point, the Chargers had a first downs advantage of 25-9. At one point, the total yardage, Chargers were close to 400. Giants had about 160 yards. Chargers scored on seven of their first nine drives today. Four touchdowns, plus three field goals, and Charger fans have actually been able to relax during some field goal tries this season, unlike other years. (laughs) Dustin Hopkins, with his two teams combined this season, here's how he's done. Inside 50 yards, 23 of 24 on field Mm. goals. Now, extra points have been a problem for this team this year, but on field goals, I, I guess I can say it out loud. It's a little dangerous, but... They've actually done well on field goals wow, since they changed kickers. The Giants, meanwhile, are 1-6 and six on the road. As for other games, Cleveland and Dallas each one. Road wins for Seattle, Atlanta, and New Orleans. The Tennessee win was a shutout against Jacksonville, 20 to nothing. And you referenced this earlier, running back Derrick Henry with his broken foot. Curd returned by the playoffs is the report. Julio Jones came off injured reserve today and had four receptions. Auburn quarterback Bo Nix is entering the transfer. Transfer portal. College football's bowl season starts this Friday, six games this Saturday. In college basketball, the Washington game at number five Gonzaga was canceled. It was supposed to be today, but due to Washington's COVID issues, no Enough game. Enough for those guys. That's three games they've had to cancel because of that. Not just Washington with the problem. UCLA and Arizona, though, too, had to cancel. Yeah, yeah UCLA had gone 10 days without playing because they had no Washington game recently. Tulane announced it is shutting down its basketball program for a week due to COVID. And wow. USC had a home basketball game on Sunday afternoon. Of course, nothing else is going on in sports in a Sunday afternoon. No, so nothing. Attendance was 5,500, but one Lincoln Riley did speak to the crowd on the court before halftime. Trojans went on to a win. They are 10-0, and and SC, ranked 16th in the country, will host the undefeated Arizona Wildcats on January, January 2nd. <laughs> As yes. we said on last night's show, this is Arizona football. <laughs> This is Arizona basketball. 
One's the best, one's the worst. <laughs> and the Lakers won the late game in the NBA, beat Orlando. Back to you. Sweet swat in that game, too, from LeBron to kind of uh, engineer what was a comeback after the Lakers slept walk through it the It was first like that half. finals block with Cleveland. Yeah, it came out of nowhere. It's Arnie and Plank on a Fox football Sunday. Steve DeSager, Danny G, Bobo, uh, and the editors behind the scenes that are doing an awesome job. We're going to dive into all the, the sound coming up to kick off our number three. But, Arnie, let's hit some tweets, shall we? Yes. Uh, Josh hits us up on Twitter at jallen1107, writes, The biggest winner of the weekend, the Colts. They moved into the playoffs on a bye week. Showdown against the Patriots coming up next Saturday night. Go Colts. He's absolutely right. And they always have the easiest schedule, too. They had it last year to finish out the season. And this year, um, besides the Patriots, they'll be at the Cardinals and then the Raiders at, at Jaguars. So very winnable games to, to possibly go 3-1. and one. They're sitting in good position right now. Yeah, and uh, for the way they started this season, you know, to, to look at a team that was very much like the Dolphins, right? Miami struggled out of the gates. Indianapolis was 0-3. They were 1-4, but their only win being against the Dolphins before yeah. they put together, what, three straight? So they're they're looking good right now. And you mentioned they got a an okay schedule the rest of the way. I don't know what kind of mode Arizona's going to be in on Christmas Day because, I mean, if they win tomorrow night, <laughs> and knowing how dinged up Kyler Murray has been, and uh, the issues that they've had with, but um, gosh, why did I do uh, Hopkins with, with, with Hopkins that they might even rest him too. I, I'm, I'm not saying you're going to rest someone with three weeks to go, but they might not be in a, we got to go all in to win this game against Indianapolis, but we'll see. And you're I right. You it's know, a fairly winnable schedule. The Colts have the lowest strength of victory in the entire NFL for take that for what it's worth. Um, they've beaten nobody this year. So they beat the bills. Well, just, but it's the lowest in the entire NFL. <laughs> like you're actually, it's kind of funny. Just I, listen, just for strength the of sake victory. Of the I'm looking up strength of victory. I don't know. Is that the record of the teams that you've beaten? Yeah. So here's it, their wins: yeah. seven wins. The Dolphins, who are under 500, though charging. The Texans, they've beaten two. Te- <laughs> they've beaten two teams with winning records this year. Two of their seven wins. So Dolphins, Texans, Niners. Jets, Jaguars, Bills, and the Texans, and they get the Jaguars yeah, again. Ooh, that boy. isn't a world beater. How's your Jaguars nine and eight, ten and seven pick looking right now? You want to yeah, yell not and looking scream good. at us? That's why Urban Meyer's got to go. Yeah, he's um, underachieved. Uh, here's another one. Uh, if I, well, I, listen, I'm not getting into this Mike Mayock thing with Dabo Sweeney, but right. Jason writes, and I'm not getting into it because I don't like it. Danny G and I just need to huddle because I don't know how to feel about it. There's a part of me that looks at Dabo and thinks it's Pete Carroll 2.0, but damn, Pete Carroll won a Super Bowl. So, I mean, do I really want to hate on it too much if he brings in? You better like it because it's going to happen. Yeah. This would be the year. Uh, Clemson lost. I mean, this could go really deep and I could get in the weeds, but lost their offensive coordinator, their defensive coordinator, their athletic director, his right-hand man wow. uh, is gone to Oklahoma too as director of ops. I mean, this is there's a lot of guys who aren't coming back to Clemson that would lead you to believe if Mark Davis is going to leave it up to Mayock and, and keep Derek Carr, there might be some traction to Dabo in Vegas, Arnie. There might be something to that, but – this is from Jason who writes, how about Brian Dable with Buffalo? You have Carr with one year left on his deal. If you identify a quarterback you want to develop, he's done a good job with Josh Allen. He's a creative offensive coordinator too. 
And he's in that mix with Kellen Moore, and I thought Joe Brady was going to be in that mix, but I guess not. Eric Bieniemy, obviously. Byron Leftwich is in that mix, too, aren't he? There's about five or six offensive coordinators right now who will probably get a shot this next offseason in the coaching cycle. Yeah, you know, what's the deciding factor? People that have the most points on the board by their team right now? Um, you know, I, I'm not sure what people are looking for. What exactly is it? And how many of these guys are going to be successful? These are not starter jobs out there. I've always said that with you. I go, the Raiders are not a starter job, but it seems like uh, that's the type of guys you got to get for right now. And Mr. Nobody asks, please ask Bobo if the Cowboys bandwagon is open. Because after almost 30 years of Raider fandom, I'm considering leaving the Starship Raiders before the Borg takes it over. No one has to tell me to give up the ship like that. I'm not going to well, give it you up. Can't, you, can't go from, you can't go from Dallas or from the Raiders to Dallas, though, can you? That, I mean, geez. That's horrible. You can't oh, leave man. your favorite team. Stay loyal. Come on. Come on. Come on here. What are you talking about, Mr. Nobody1176584 on Twitter? You've got to stick with your team. No, All right, hey, talk coming hey, from it, Danny G. Him and Ben Maller switch teams every year. Isn't it funny? And who their favorite team is going to be. Isn't it no, funny that? that hold on. Go Let me get it, my words across, guys. <laughs> Isn't it funny that a person will stay loyal to their sports team no matter how bad they are, right. but will divorce in a heartbeat? That's wow. right. Wow. That's deep thoughts from Bobo. Like and I've told Bobo before, sports is more important than our relationship. That's why I won my second marriage. I'm here right. every Sunday. Uh, and and Arnie, we, for the record, oh, that was a yeah. bit Mallard did. He changed teams every year, not the staff. He loved the change teams. Listen, That's his M.O. Danny G., You've been here long enough to realize Arnie doesn't care about your facts, okay? <laughs> There's nothing factual about most of the information that comes out. All right, when we come back, let's uh, dive into what else this Sager has on tap for us next on a Fox Football Sunday. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Hey, if you're a valued customer, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company. And that's why Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. What's going on, Steve DeSager? Well, we had the Packers win tonight, and during the postgame press conference, Adam Schefter ESPN reports that quarterback Aaron Rodgers said he suffered a setback tonight to his fractured toe, and it, quote, feels worse. He only Uh had... He only had four touchdown passes tonight against the Bears <laughs> and 341 yards beating Chicago 45-30. The Monday night game is Rams at Arizona leading the NFL, the Arizona Cardinals at 10-2. and And remember, they just slaughtered the Rams in L.A. in October. 37-20 was the final. That was a meeting of unbeatens, and it really wasn't that close. The Cardinals running back Chase Edmonds will be a game-time decision. He's been on IR with an ankle injury. For the Rams, starting running back Daryl Henderson on the COVID list, he 
will miss the game. He was already limited in practice with a thigh injury. He stood on the sideline last week, and they did just fine with Sony Michelle. Thank you. So it's not going to cost them the game on yeah, the yeah, road tomorrow, game. certainly. Uh, meanwhile, in that division, San Francisco's George Kittle was on again today. Unreal. Overtime win for the Niners at Cincinnati, 26-23. Last week, 181 yards receiving. Today, Kittle became the first tight end in the history of the NFL to have at least 150 and a touchdown catch in consecutive games. It was 151 and a score on 13 receptions in this overtime win. Tom Brady got an overtime win for Tampa Bay against Buffalo. He threw for 363 yards. He's now the NFL's career leader in completions. The game-winning touchdown, the 58-yard scamper to Brashad Perriman, 700th career touchdown pass total for Tom Brady. So Green Bay's 10-3, and undefeated at home. Tampa Bay, 10-3, and undefeated at home. Wow. On the other end of the spectrum, there are the Texans and the Jaguars and Jets and teams like that. The Texans did have Kaimi Fairbairn kick a franchise record 61-yard field goal as time expired. First, one, yeah. They did lose, though, 33-13 to Seattle. And, you know, they didn't have Adrian Peterson Seattle today, and Chris Carson is out. And Rashad Penny on 16 carries at 137 yards rushing and two scores. Jacksonville lost its fifth straight. It was a 20 to nothing loss at Tennessee. On that, huh? So, yeah, five straight <laughs> losses. But it's also the eighth straight year they've lost in Nashville. And for the Jaguars, their ninth straight loss in division play. And for the Jaguars, their 15th loss in a row on the road. They beat Miami. That's going to knock us out of the playoffs. I can see it now. <laughs> That'll come back it's to haunt. kill me. Yeah, somebody has a loss to the Jets on their uh, ledger for this year. That's going to come back to haunt. Because the Jets today were officially eliminated from playoff contention already. Lost 30-9 to to New Orleans. So the Jets have missed the postseason 11 straight years and counting. Longest active drought in the league. That ties the Jets franchise longest skid. They missed the playoffs from 1970 to 80. Of course, there were fewer teams in the playoffs back then. Carolina has lost five straight at home. They lost to Atlanta. You know, Carolina Panthers are the last place team in that division. Five and eight. Meanwhile, the Atlanta Falcons on the road are five and two this year. Go figure. Uh, And I got to say, Micah Parsons continues to have a great season for the Cowboys. Sacked Taylor Heineke twice, forced a fumble return for a score in the win. First rookie since Javon Curse over 20 years ago to have at least one sack in six straight games. He's pretty special, man. What a year. He is your rookie of the year. Just give it to him now. All right, when we come back on a Fox Football Sunday, great stuff, Steve. We'll count down to Arnie's picks, and we'll hit the locker rooms as we go back on what we learned from week four. 13 in the National Football League. Hour three coming up next, plus your tweets with Arnie and Plank on Fox Sports Radio. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Oh, Arnie, final hour. Yes. Are your picks ready? Are you ready? By the way, well, not not to change the subject, but if... um, if we were gambling, I wish Purdue was number one in college basketball every game. They they lose to Rutgers, and they barely won an overtime against NC State. So uh, we're paying attention. Well, we're not paying attention yet, but soon we will be to college basketball. 
I ask if you're ready for your picks and you turn it to a college basketball conversation. Well, I thought you were talking about this gambling because, you know, I just saw that. I was watching that. Hanging so. out with Torres too much. That's what's yeah. going on. And your Wildcats are good, so you're happy. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, Number one. Got a lot of post-game audio to get to coming up this hour. Let's hit a few tweets. Best way to stay in touch with the show at Stinkin' Genius One. I'm at Plank Show. Minnesota man Kevin writes, the Vikings could go win or lose their next four games with how this year has been going for them. The rest of these games are going to be nail biters, all of them. Why can't the Vikings be a regular team? They'll end up beating the Bears like 17-14 to 14 on Monday Night Football next week. I made this point earlier this weekend, Arnie. I think the Minnesota Vikings are the best example of just the confusing nature of this year's NFL season. I mean, first of all, every game is close. And their losses make no sense, and then their wins make no sense. I mean, it's just the the, the Vikings are the great-to-me mirror of the NFL season because they just don't make any sense. Well, they're better than their record, obviously, at 6-7. and seven. Um, You know, when we were talking about their schedule earlier in the show, uh, two games against the Bears, Rams, and then at Green Bay, they could go 3-1. and 3-1 and one should be enough to go ahead and get them on in. There's a two-way tie for them, but they lose the tiebreaker. Um, it'll be tough, but I, I think they can squeeze on in when it's uh, said and done. I, I think if you were asking me to pick the favorite, I think they're my favorite right now to make that seventh playoff spot in the NFC. And I know that's crazy talk with how bad they've been at times this year, but, I mean, Arnie, there's just moments where you watch them and you're like, that's a yeah. good football team. I give you the first half of Thursday night football. 29 nothing. yeah. I thought they were going to boat race the Steelers, and out of nowhere – here comes Pittsburgh. Uh, okay, here's uh, at 51, where are you at, writes. The Cowboys are so unserious, which is a very unique way to describe them. What and done in the playoffs. Trash team, poverty franchise, dollar store benches they brought to the sidelines. Hideous. Yeah. Cowboy fans should be ashamed. Okay. Was it now, that now, cold, first of all? I thought it was like 50 degrees. I didn't know they needed that, you know? Well, Again, the story goes that the Seahawks kind of gave them a heads up that, listen, their benches don't work. And I think they expected it to be a little bit cooler than it actually was. But it's not dollar store benches, bro. Those are some of the most expensive things. And to have to fly them in uh, or maybe even travel by big rig themselves, not inexpensive dollar store benches. Now, if you want to complain and get mad about the call late, I get it, but I'm kind of in on the Cowboys right now. I thought that was a good bounce back today. Yeah, if there was a team that I wanted to take odds and um, maybe take a little bit of a long shot, it'd be the Cowboys. By the way, is it setting up Cowboys-Rams would be like a first-round matchup. Two teams where everybody's like, they're never going to win a game in the playoffs. Well, somebody would have to win a game, and then that could be dangerous. I would love that matchup in the first round. Yeah, me too. And, again, for the most part, it, it seems, again, everything is up for – I guess, still debate. And but that one looks like even, it's going to happen, yeah. Yeah, but it, of all the things that seem set right now in the NFL playoffs, it looks like we're on a collision course towards the Cowboys and the Rams playing in the first oh. round right now. Uh, depending on what happens on uh, on Monday night, if the Rams lose, then maybe San Francisco can slide into yes. that spot, right? But right now, the Cowboys would have home field because they're the division winners. Green Bay's 10-3. and three. Tampa's ten and three, Arizona's ten and two, pending tomorrow night. 
But you're right, Arnie. I mean, that'd be one hell of a first-round matchup, wouldn't it, in Dallas? Even Dallas-San Francisco would be old-time, but it wouldn't be as good as the Dallas-Rams matchup. Do you know what the 4-5 matchup right now in the AFC would be? And, again, I'm the I'm – the, I hate the if-this-season-ended-today conversation. Ravens but Chargers. here we are. Yeah. How about that? You, we don't know the status yeah. of what's going on right now with Lamar Jackson. Uh, at times, Baltimore looks incredible. At other times, they look very beatable. Heck, they're not able to pull away from their division. The Browns are back to life after winning today. The Bengals are in this mix. I mean, Pittsburgh's not out of it at 6-6-1, six, six, and one, but yeah, that might not be too bad of a first-round matchup either. You know, you know, you know what's going to be the sick part of this whole thing is the Patriots are going to be the number one seed. I don't think their schedule is very tough down the stretch, but how sick is that? They got at the Colts, the Bills, the Jaguars, and at the Dolphins. I mean, you talk about winnable games. They could be the number one seed for crying out loud. Uh, Mr. Chicken hits us up on Twitter and writes, <laughs> Urban Meyer thought he could turn bad guy, and his phony scheme flopped. He'll invent a DuckTales health reason to escape the Jaguars by season's end. Do you think that's what happened? you think he tried to go in there all Barney Bad-A, and he was going to be more hardcore than he typically was? Maybe this is kind of who he is as well when it comes to college guys and it just didn't resonate in that locker room? I think you hit it both ways. I think it was like, hey, do you know what I've done in college? Do you know who I am? And people are like, we don't give a damn who you, what you did in college and who you are. And he's got that old school attitude. That just doesn't work nowadays. Plus, it doesn't work uh, that style in the NFL. By the way, if he does leave, does that mean he's ever going to coach again or does he go ahead and, and, and coach somewhere else? There's not a vacancy right now, right, in, in the college game that would be interesting. I, did you see the Florio theory that Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk no. was trying to float? Now that all the dominoes have kind of fallen in the college football landscape with it, Oregon has its head coach now after they hired the Georgia defensive coordinator and obviously Oklahoma right. with Brent Venables and Tony Elliott goes to Virginia and so on and so forth. But uh, and, and by the way, it's uh, Dan Lanning who's a head coach at Oregon now. Right. The theory was if Oregon would have hired Chip Kelly, right. that UCLA was a job that would have been interesting to Urban Meyer. And had UCLA actually been open, that might have been the out that Urban Meyer needed to go Bobby Petrino on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Wow. I wouldn't think that yet UCLA Me neither. would go after Urban Meyer, but, you know, what do I know? Jeez. You don't think UCLA would have gone after Urban Meyer? No, I don't think so. Why not? My goodness, man, what's the price tag that that's going to cost? Maybe not much, right? I mean, are you not willing to pay? USC is apparently paying Lincoln Riley $14, 15000000 million. So you're not going to pay to go out and get yourself a, a, a top-notch college football coach to keep up with the I know Joneses? I know they're desperate, but, I mean, is that the long-term solution? How many years is he going to be at UCLA if he, I, if he ends up coming there? Again, it's it's yeah. a mute point now, we think, right, 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 because right. Chip Kelly's staying at UCLA. He's not right. going to Oregon, but uh, that was just one theory that was thrown out there. Um, <laughs> Nature Boy writes, when Dak threw that horrible interception today at Jerry yeah. Jones, uh, today all Jerry Jones was thinking was, how is Bobo going to react to that one? Dude, <laughs> I got to tell you something. There's been bad interceptions. I mean, I've watched every Raiders game since Derek Carr is the starting quarterback. I've seen some bad Raider games. I've seen some bad interceptions. That interception in the fourth quarter by Dak Prescott that turned yeah. it from a two-score to a one-score game and right. suddenly gave Washington life, Arnie, 
That might have been the worst interception I've ever seen thrown in a late game situation like that. Now you're talking about like timing situation of the whole thing, right? Not everything. Not the pass he, itself. Yeah. Well, throw the pass itself in there too, Arnie. Sure, he threw the it heck, yeah. right to the oh, guy. Geez. The linebacker was like, "What the hell is this?" And thank then he you. ended up taking it thank back you. to the house. Hey, thank you, Dak. I appreciate this Christmas <laughs> present. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's good. I'm gonna go celebrate now and uh, get some oxygen because what I had to come back and get it. On that too, you know. Jeez. I, I don't know. Don't What was going through his mind? Don't throw it to the other team. Don't throw it to the other team. Oh, bleep, because that's exactly what happened. All right, yeah, exactly. a couple of other quick tweets here, then we'll hit some post-game audio. TJ Hook writes, who looks like they will be your seventh playoff team in the NFC, Arnie? A lot of contenders, Atlanta, New Orleans, Minnesota, Washington. I think we're all on board, TJ, with, with Minnesota right now being the favorite in that, right? Well, except you think it's a little bit of a tough schedule. Washington right now holds all the tiebreakers. Um, I'm not so sure Philadelphia could make a run at this thing, and I don't know where the Saints, if anything, maybe if anybody's going to come from behind, maybe Atlanta, but um, I don't know, man. Maybe Washington's the way to go because they hold all the tiebreakers right now. Uh, Alex asks a good question because I guess there is a Massachusetts cannabis company that baked the largest marijuana-infused brownie that weighed 850 pounds. It contains 20 thousand megagrams milligrams megagram what the hell is a megagram milligrams of thc that's what's in weed y'all which would make it several thousand times stronger than the normal dosage alex asks if you can get a bite of that arnie because it's wow close to you. maybe it's good for the people out there in california i don't know about up here and the people in vermont i can't believe that's what a massachusetts company you said that's what it says it should be That's a California company. Yeah. What the hell are they wasting all that weed like that? No one's going to eat wow. that. Wow. Um, how awesome, right, my man Jason. Jason by uh, Diamond. Uh, Jason Diamond writes, how awesome of the Broncos to take a delay of game to honor Demarius Thomas and the Lions to decline it. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that for a second. Sometimes you can't decline the penalty and they enforce it. So I wonder if they – I don't think it worked out in that situation. I wonder if they would have said, well, we'll give you the five yards back. But it was a great thing. It was unbelievable, um, very emotional. So uh, good for them. Demarius Thomas, by the way, was one of those guys that when I heard he had passed, I felt like yeah. he was just playing last year. I know. You know, it's, it's – it's one of those guys where you're like, my gosh, he, it's not as if he's been out of the league for like 10 years. Dude was just playing a couple of years ago. My, I, And again, as someone who is a Raiders fan and follows the AFC West very closely, I still think one of the coolest moments for Demarius Thomas, even though it didn't end in a Super Bowl ring for him, which he, what he eventually got with Peyton, uh, the catch of the Tebow slant, right? <laughs> when they beat the Steelers right. in the first right. round of the playoffs. Uh, which, right. by the way, I think the Broncos made the playoffs at like 8-8 eight and eight that year. I think they were a 500 wow. team. And they won their playoff game, and Amaris Thomas took that uh, overtime slant to the house. Just a, a fantastic player. Gone too early. Jason, thanks for pointing that out. We hadn't mentioned it as much as we should here tonight. And then I keep saying one more, but these are all so good, and I fell behind. Emmett writes, I honestly thought this Sunday night football game tonight was going to be way worse. The second quarter was wild. Also, I think Rams-Cardinals is going to be the best game of the week, a top three Monday night football matchup. I think it's going to be a great game, too. We usually come out and complain about how boring or how bad the the Sunday night game is or Thursday night game is, and we get get bad ones. So it's good to finally have something good tonight, you know? An 850-pound weed brownie. 
I don't know why I can't get past that. It's like, first of all, how high were you when you came up with the idea? I was like, dude. You better share it. with that with a lot of friends, too, I'm guessing. you know. I mean, just 850-pound brownie. Like, how long does a brownie keep? Do we have any weed experts on the show? How do you have to um, bake that thing, too? Well, exactly. And that's a lot of weed. I mean, a, a brownie, just a regular brownie costs you like what? Not not a weed-infused brownie. Like you go to the store, it's like, yeah, hey, I want I a I would not it's know like that, Chris. I don't know how much they cost. Me neither, Sure Arnie. you that's don't, why, Arnie. That's why sure I was asking. Because you imagine if we find out, like, Arnie's some major stoner, and that's what he does in his free time is make right weed-infused before the show. brownies. Up here right in Vermont. Before the show. Yes, up here. Right, up in Vermont. Yeah. Hey, you never know, you know, all that farmland. But I just <laughs> – it's like you're wasting a brownie. Who's going to eat an 850-pound brownie? Oh, my gosh. Anyway. I see the picture uh, that has, like, four people have to hold it up or something. Five, yeah, it's like five sitting people on have a, to hold it up. I hope this ends up being fake. And it was like, oh, we just made it all up so everyone could find out what we're all about. Ha, the ha, Google ha. machine says they last five to seven days. What? The, that thing lasts, like, five to seven years. Well, the, the brownie before it goes bad. Oh, oh, okay. Thank oh. you. The high lasts oh, the five high. to six it's hours. Like, if it lasts five to seven days, <laughs> I might be taking the show off and finding where this brownie is. I thought All you right. were going to stash half of it. I thought that you're talking about how long one person can eat that thing. Five to seven <laughs> well, days. Get out of here. Thank you for pointing that out to us tonight, uh, Million Dollar Man and uh, our buddy, uh, I think Gary. Oh, Alex. Alex Flores sent that in first. Said, saw that story, thought it was fake, but nope. It is absolutely real. When we come back, let's hit the post-game audio, shall we? Plus, Artie's picks right around the corner on a Fox Football Sunday. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Arnie and Plank on a Fox Football Sunday brought to you in part by Discover. Real credit card questions require real people. Someone who understands your issues and works to resolve them with you. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. Discover, exceptionally common sense. It's Arnie and Plank. I think I just said that. Uh, tweets have been great. I've got uh, the weed smoker help me out. Apparently, you could freeze <laughs> that brownie, and it could last you quite a while. Wow, Apparently, so good for you. As a weed edible expert uh, writes at the weed smoker, uh, it's enough to last 10 to 15 years in the freezer. Wow. Gosh. Well, it still tastes like, good? I don't even know. I don't know, man. So that'd be like a million-dollar brownie, I think, if we're looking at it. Oh, my gosh. I'm just having – so I live in the South, you know, where they have, like, meat freezers. I don't know if you right. guys have that out west or up in the Northeast. But uh, maybe someone might get a deer. You have that meat freezer. So we could have, like, a weed freezer. Right, and uh, we could kind of find ourselves weed uh, smoker with uh, with the weed freezer, and you just put this eight hundred pound brownie in there, and uh, it sits for years, and you're good to go. We don't need a second freezer; we just leave things outside in the winter. Oh, there you time. go. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One oh, story I don't think we've hit on enough today is the absolute incredible finish between the Buccaneers and the Bills, and it sounded like this on the Buccaneers radio network. Here's the snap. 
Pressure coming from the outside. Brady throws a pass. Pot ball first out of the 50. Outside the numbers, 40. To the 30-yard line. To the 25. It's Perriman. Bashad Perriman. Touchdown Tampa Bay. Fox win in overtime. Perriman. 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 <laughs> That's... Awesome. Great call on the Bucks Radio Network. Real quick, Arnie, before you react, here's what Tom Brady said about the game-winning touchdown play. Yeah, I was, I was trying to think. Have I, has that ever happened before? That's right. That was in Miami, too. So, yeah, that was a um, – it was, it was pretty uh, – but it was very cool. It was very cool. I'd much rather not have it come down to that. But in the end, they all count the same, you know. And uh, we got to learn from it, and we got to move on. And, and obviously, we're playing for, you know, a, a division championship next week, which is pretty exciting for all of us. Yeah, pretty cool. They can clinch the division next week. How about that? Uh, you know, first of all, I wonder what was going through Brady's mind when they blew a 24-3 to lead at halftime uh, when they thought they were going to win this game pretty easily. And the next thing you know, you're going into overtime. He's probably pulling his hair out for crying out loud. But, yeah, it was a good win. He had a great game. There's no doubt about that. Put up over 350 yards. That was a big win. Bills are spiraling out of control. I wonder what's going to happen with them now. Here, here's real quick Bruce Arians in the walk-off, too. We got to get off the field. You know, get off the field. We get to stop. Now it's, now it's a field goal game, and I'll take the touchdown. The walk-off home run is pretty nice. Yeah, uh, so they get the win, and as Tom Brady just mentioned, for the Buccaneers and next week, they've got an opportunity to pretty much wrap things up against, who is that, New Orleans. New mm. Orleans, I guess, technically still has a shot. They've only got a four-game lead in their division, Arnie, so I hope that they're able to hold on to things here they for Tampa. Won a division. Tampa hasn't won a division since, what, like 2007? Yeah, people forget the Saints won the division last year. I yeah. mean, Tampa, Tampa had to play that first-round game against Washington in D.C. last year uh, in their first-round playoff matchup. So, as it stands right now, the Buccaneers can clinch a playoff spot next weekend with a win over the New Orleans Saints. That is the Sunday night football game next week oh. on Sunday night between the uh, Cowboys, or excuse me, the Buccaneers and the Saints. Oh, boy. That's uh, it's probably going to end up being a blowout. Good job yeah, Sunday night football in your schedule making. All right. Um, do you want to get the Urban Meyer sound here? Are you intrigued to hear him trying to sniff out a rat, or is it such old news we move on past it? No, that's fine. I like to hear it because I know, I know he's not going to be back next year. And I actually was fighting with uh, Torres about this, who – definitely thinks he's coming back next year. I, I see it completely opposite. Well, and I think a lot of things that came out today added to that as well. But here was Urban Meyer on the leaks that got out this week. What's the answer? Uh, start leaking information or some nonsense? No, that's nonsense. That's garbage. That's, uh, you know, that's once again, I've been very blessed. I've not really dealt with that. I've, I've not dealt with, well, did you hear what he said? What? No, let's improve on offense and get our quarterback in a position to be successful. That's our focus. What someone's brother said or someone said someone said, that will that will occupy very little of my time. And if, if there is a source, that source is unemployed. I mean, within seconds, if there's some source that's doing it. I mean, I don't blame him. He doesn't get it. But he just doesn't care right now, I don't think. He's, he's cashing checks. It's... I'm not going to say it was too big for Urban Meyer, Arnie, to be an NFL coach because we know he can be a successful coach. I just don't think he adjusted his style like he needed to. I don't think it was in him to go ahead and have a, to rebuild from, from the ground up like that. It's such a transformation, and it takes so long. I mean, it, at best, it's going to take you like three years, four years, and this has been an abysmal year. It's been horrible for him. So 
Uh, I, I bet you he reg- the only thing he regrets is taking the job, but he doesn't regret that money. That's for damn sure. Do you know what Trevor Lawrence has said a lot this year? You know what he's Nothing. had to say a lot? No, this. All I can control is who I am, how I treat people, uh, the way I respond, and then just being as prepared as I can and going and trying to play the best I can. And today definitely wasn't my best, but I felt like I was prepared. I felt like I saw everything well, you know, especially early in the game. And then later, like I said, got away from this. Basically, Trevor Lawrence has said, I can only control what I can control a lot this season because it's at the least the second time that he's had to answer questions about his coach. And obviously, with his performance already being a topic overall, he's had to answer a lot of questions just beyond that. So, I wonder uh, if I was wrong about him being the next great thing. You know what I mean? Nah, I I can't I tell, though. Great. It's Jacksonville. I, I think he'll be great. I think he's going to be a really good NFL. I think he's going to be a great I don't know how NFL you can tell, quarterback. Though. Jeez. Well, again, I'll go back and I'll dig up stats and numbers from the first year of a lot of Hall of Fame starters. We just expect everyone to be great out of the gates. And if they're not, they suck. Not even great, uh, I think Trevor Lawrence good. is going to be okay. You know, have a good no, you that... expect them to be great, Arnie. You've got to be honest. You want to, as my guy once eight, said. I said nine and eight's not great. It's 500, a little bit above 500. Arnie, nine and eight for a team that won one game last year is exceptional. That's an eight-game turnaround. That doesn't happen in the NFL. You're expecting you know, him to be great. You're claiming he's the greatest thing that's ever happened. Every year we start the NFL season, we say, which team's going to go from worst to first because it's happened 18 times in 20 years. We see that turnaround a lot in the NFL. Okay, listen, I'm just going to go out on a limb yeah. and say from you having that team being a nine-win team this year, yes, yes. I don't think we've seen those kinds of turnarounds. Now, we may see a team that's 4-12 and 12 suddenly end up nine and – well, back in the days of a 16-game schedule, end up 9-7. and seven. I don't think we see one-win teams yeah, that turn around and make the playoffs the next year Jackson like looks, Jacksonville. Jacksonville looks closer to one win next year than they do to three wins. I promise you <laughs> that. And then what, one more walk-off today. Here's what Kyle Shanahan had to say about the game-winning touchdown for the Niners against the Bengals. We got back down there, and it was first down so they could honor the run, and we just ran a bootleg, brought Ayuk across, and uh, didn't expect it to score. Um Thought it would hopefully get us inside the three, but the move that he made was unbelievable. I still don't know how he got in. I didn't really trust it until they made it official. I didn't think he got in at first, but then when they showed that replay, you're like, oh, yeah, no, oh, no, no. That move. dude got in. Unreal yeah. move, man. Are I you... didn't expect anything other than they were going to say it was a touchdown. You know, I know we've kind of let buy or sell go by the side the last few weeks, and it's been kind yeah. of sporadic on this show. But if we were having an episode of buy or sell tonight, would you be buying some Niners stock or no? Oh, just because of the the price and the odds I can get on them right now. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't expect them to really make a run at the thing because there's so much uh, top-heavy in the NFC with Arizona, Green Bay, and Tampa. And even Dallas, I would take over San Francisco. But I think San Francisco is going to go ahead and, and make the playoffs. The, if they Again, if they started uh, today, they would end up playing Tampa in the first round. Mm. So good luck to them. When we come back, let's hear from... One, Teddy Bridgewater on the tribute paid today to Demarius Thomas. Plus, what excuse did the Raiders have this week? We'll get to it all coming up in a moment. But first, 
Steve DeSager one final time tonight with everything that's happened in the world of sports. What's up, Steve? You referenced the tributes to Thomas at Denver today, and it wasn't just one thing either. He had passed away this past Thursday. Denver won the home game 38-10 against Detroit. Melvin Gordon over 100 yards rushing, two touchdowns. Javante Williams had two total touchdowns. Detroit won 11-1 now. Denver at 7-6 will be hosting Cincinnati 7-6. Next Sunday, Bengals lost at home in overtime to San Francisco with the Brandon I game-winning TD, the 12-yarder, 26-23, each team with five sacks, each team missed a field goal. Niners were up 20-6 with under 10 minutes left in regulation, but Joe Burrow had two touchdown passes in the fourth quarter to Jamar Chase to tie it. George Kittle dominated with 13 catches, 151 yards, and a score in victory. Bengals with a couple of fumbles as well. Tampa Bay in overtime beat Buffalo 33-27, although Josh Allen of the Bills had over 300 yards passing, plus 12 carries for over 100 yards rushing and three total touchdowns. Tom Brady with three total touchdowns in victory. He had the game winner to Brashad Perriman, 58 yards. So the Bucks are now 10-3, 6-0 at home. Green Bay, 10-3, 6-0 at home after coming back to beat Chicago tonight, 45-30. to Aaron Rodgers, four touchdown passes. The Bears have... Uh, the Monday night game next weekend hosting Minnesota and the Bears have lost seven of their last eight starting with a home loss to Green Bay. Packers were coming off a bye week next Sunday on Fox TV Green Bay at Baltimore. Packers are going to play on Christmas Day as well on Fox against Cleveland. Cleveland was up 24-3 against Baltimore at late first half and held on 24-22. Miles Garrett a fumble return for a TD before halftime. Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson left with a sprained ankle early second quarter. Dallas won at Washington 27-20. Cowboys lead Washington by three games in the division with four games left and again Dallas in conference seven and one Atlanta and New Orleans each one on the road Seattle as well Tennessee shut out Jacksonville 20 to nothing Jaguars are two and 11 with five straight losses Chargers and Chiefs each one easily Kansas City's won six games in a row Mike Hughes two forced fumbles returned another for a score 48-9, the route of Las Vegas. Patrick Mahomes, two touchdown passes. For the Chargers, it was a 37-7 lead over the Giants with under 10 minutes left. 37-21 the final. And wide receiver Keenan Allen was out today, as was safety Derwin James. Chargers still just one game behind Kansas City in the division, and they'll host the Chiefs this Thursday night on Fox TV. Justin Herbert had three touchdown passes. He becomes the first quarterback to reach 30 touchdown passes in each of his first two seasons in the league. He also has wow. the most completions by any player in his first two seasons, well over 700 completions and counting. Joey Bosa with four quarterback hits. He and some starters got a little rest during the fourth quarter. Charger linebacker Kaiser White had 10 total tackles today. He's over 100 tackles this season. Derwin James already over 100 tackles. These are the first Charger teammates to each have 100 tackles same season since Junior Seau and Rodney Harrison over 20 years ago. So the Chargers had no turnovers today. They had no turnovers when they played at Kansas City and won in September. What a great game that could be this Thursday night. There are two NFL games this Saturday, by the way, and then I believe it's the next Saturday as well because that'll be Christmas. There's NFL on Christmas as well. That's Auburn right. quarterback Bo Nix is entering the transfer portal. As for college basketball, Purdue ranked number one for now. Got an overtime win against NC State in so Brooklyn. So lucky to get that. <laughs> number two, Baylor. Not at all lucky to get its win today. Baylor's likely moving up Clobber. to number one. 
beat sixth-ranked Villanova 57-36. to A top-10 team didn't even score 40 points yeah, in a 40-minute game. We would crush Baylor. Uh, yeah, sure you would. Baylor yeah, was up 25-9 to late in the first half. So Villanova wound up shooting 22% from the floor. The worst shooting game in Coach Jay Wright's 20-plus years. Nearly 700 games on the sidelines. His team had never shot like this, this poorly before. USC beat Long Beach State. 16th ranked Trojans are 10-0. and Iowa State 47-37 over Jack. That's basketball, by the way, not college football. Iowa State beating Jackson State. The Cyclones ranked 17th are 10-0, and and they'll host Baylor on New Year's Day. Maryland in Brooklyn beat 20th ranked Florida 70-68. Gators missed a last-second three-point attempt. And Seton Hall ranked 23rd, defeated Rutgers. Seton Hall's 9-1. and It beat Texas this past week. Monmouth won at Pitt. Stanford on a three-pointer at the buzzer beat Oregon. A couple of NBA notes. The Bulls have nine players in health protocols. Zach Levine was Jeez. added to the list. Chicago's next game is Tuesday, but it's against Detroit. That's the good news. The Pistons have lost 12 in a row. They're 4-22, and 22, and against Detroit, Kevin Durant scored 51 points today as Brooklyn got the victory. James Harden was resting, so Durant kind of took over. He had nine assists as well. The Nets have the best record in the East, 19-8. and eight. The team with the best record overall, the Suns, 21-4, and four, play the Clippers tomorrow, and Paul George with a sprained elbow is doubtful for that game. He missed their last game as well. Paul George averages 25 points a game. The late game went to the Lakers beating Orlando as the Magic in the third quarter. Shot two for 23 from the floor. LeBron James, a triple-double. Anthony Davis was out again with the bad knee. Back to you. I'd like to give credit to the Lakers' defense for that poor shooting by Orlando. Yeah, sure. The Lakers are known for their defense this year. Am I alone in that? Am I alone? (laughs) Doesn't matter that Orlando's a team that's 5-23. No, sure. It's the Lakers. Let's credit the Lakers. Give credit where credit is due. Great stuff to Mm -hmm. Sager. Hey, if you're a valued customer, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company. And that's why Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. Discover. Exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match limitations apply the bills monster asks us a question if you want to answer that on twitter so uh, stick it genius are you going to cover it. the elephant in the room refs are purposely ruling against buffalo ah. so there's no possibility of them having uh, to do a bills game in january playoff in cold buffalo that is the bills monster there did you, Do you know buy that? that? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I firmly believe it. I'm with you, Bills Monster, on that one. Oh, Thanks stop. for tagging me on it. They don't want they don't want to play a game in Buffalo. Uh, you watch. Suddenly, they're going to start turning the tide on New England here shortly. Yeah, I was going to say it's either Buffalo or New England. Is, <laughs> is New England that much warmer? I don't know. <laughs> was there any controversial calls in that Bucks Bills game? I, to look, I, don't I don't know. Not one that they'd rule against them, especially with uh, you know instant replay. I don't know how you could do that. The controversial call in the Raiders game was the kickoff. Um, Lou Riley writes, uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks are the only quality team the Rams have beaten this year. The rest of their wins have been over stiffs. The Jags, Bears, Giants, Lions, Texans, and they've lost to the Titans, Niners, Cardinals, and Packers. He's, he's right. Actually, the Rams oh. have the second strength of victory um, in the uh, NFL also, or right up there out of playoff teams. It's it's really bad. They're, they're 341. Um, to put that in perspective, I told you the Colts were the worst. The Colts were at 319, Ooh. so you you figure Ooh. that out. Yeah, but they've been pretty bad. So who's played? The, who's got the best in the NFL? Is it the Bucks? You mean strength of victory? I think it yes. was the, the oh, you Raiders don't have it in front had of you. one. Raiders of course had one. they do. 
at 545, and I don't think there's one uh, more than that. And yet they've lost two teams like the Bears, Washington, New York Giants. I just – this team makes no sense to me whatsoever. Uh, Speaking of the Raiders, uh, the only positive from today's game was it was a scoregami, Arnie. It was a scoregami. We've never had an NFL game end with the final score of the Raiders-Chiefs game today. Seems like we have a scoregami every week, don't we? It seems like that's happening. So bad. Oh, and then one more quick one. Don't, this is from uh, Nature Boy who writes, Arnie, don't forget the Niners had the Packers beat earlier this season and decided to give Aaron Rodgers just enough time to get a win. They're wow. going to be the team nobody wants to face in the playoffs. I, I think the six, seven teams in the NFC are both going to be that. If it's the, the 49ers at six and the Vikings at seven, listen, I don't think that the Vikings are going to beat anyone, but do you think Aaron Rodgers and the Packers want to see the Vikings in the first round? No, I, and I was no. about to say, I think the Vikings could beat Green Bay, especially if they have their sure. offense going. I wouldn't go ahead and count that out. What a what a great first-round matchup that would be. I, I would love that one. I agree. And then Julian adds, Lamar Jackson is having a really disappointing season. Yes, Added two exclamation points to hammer home the point. Maybe At even least- three. Add a third one to get angry yeah. about it. Why not? Well, he got hurt tonight, so that's kind of hard to get too mad about, right? Well, he's certainly not MVP, Lamar. That's for damn sure. Oh, he, one game. He'll have one good game. He'll flip into the end zone. They're like, oh, my gosh, MVP <laughs> performance. He'll be in here he's next back. week. Like, Do you see him flip into the end zone? Um, he's back. Uh, what, what, One cool thing I wanted to make sure we hit on here this segment as we wrap up some post-game audio was the conversation post-game. Broncos dominated the Lions today. They got a winning record. Quite the comeback for a Denver team who started out 3-0 and and has sucked ever since. But they paid tribute to one of the greats in Bronco history, Demarius Thomas, who passed away this week. Teddy Bridgewater talked about it. The way to truly you know, honor Bebe and his legacy was to go out there and win and play great football, and guys did that. You know, We did that today. And uh, it's great just to get the victory, give him just the proper viewing of this game, the proper outing. You know, the Sager talked about it earlier, Arnie. Not only did they yeah. have the 10-man formation to start the game, uh, but there were several tributes throughout the day. They had a video tribute before the game. Those can go, you know, one of two ways. If, you know, you lose someone that you're that closely connected to who had played as recently as he did, it right. can be horrible for the team. But to see the way that this team responded today, I thought that was pretty special. No, it was. It was very special. It was good to see class act and um, um, great for everybody involved. So, uh, unfortunately, it had to be uh, for a bad situation, but um, it was good still to, to see it done on the field. And one more note. We mentioned that no Lamar Jackson, but penalties were a big story for John Harbaugh and the Baltimore Ravens today. You guys saw the game, right? Well, right what you saw. You know, you want to get a quote from me about it, then I get fined or whatever. It cracks me up, but go ahead and write what you saw. <laughs> what does that mean? Write how bad the referee was? Is that what you want us to do? Uh, yeah, he wants you to call it the officials is what he's trying yeah. to say more than anything else. And how about this? Um, even though one negative from the Raiders game today is that everyone that played fumbled, really cool. It was everyone gets to fumble today, including Hunter Renfro. But entering today's game, Arnie, he hadn't dropped a pass since week five. 52 straight targets without a drop. Didn't have a drop today, but did have a fumble. So maybe a Pro Bowl year for Hunter Renfro. All right, when we come back, it's time for Arnie's picks to take us home on a Fox Football Sunday.
Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Great job tonight by the crew, as always. Bobo, whose Dallas Cowboys are about to clinch the NFC East. Great job on the wheels of steel. Danny G hooked us up with Matt Verderam and Todd Furman and also was my sounding board for, I don't know, we came up with like every coach that's currently out there to be the next head coach. Let's go. Let's go. All of them. We're going to get a good coach. Just have 12 people be the coach. Maybe Mike Gundy can email us and say he's interested oh, did in the you see coaching that? job. <laughs> uh, Steve DeSager, awesome on updates as always. And, of course, the millions and millions of editors working hard behind the scenes to get us all the great audio that we brought to you tonight here on Fox Sports Radio. Big Ben Maller is coming up next with the entire crew, uh, Eddie, to get you ready for the week ahead. Now, Arnie, real quick before your picks. Yeah. I mean, this – I don't know if this is his agent, though. That's the funny thing. I've never heard of Devin Bonick as his agent. I thought his agent was Trace Armstrong. You would know better so, than I would, yeah. But, yeah, so there's a, an email that's making the rounds that Mike Gundy had sent out or at least had directed his agent to reach out to Florida where the timing was right for him to make a move to a special place like Florida, which, by the way, sent this email right after beating Oklahoma in Bedlam. So how funny would that have been? Lincoln Riley left for USC. And then if Mike Gundy would have got a look from Florida in that same night. But wow. I was kind of impressed that Gundy had turned down Tennessee twice, Florida State, and Arkansas, who came after Mike Gundy. So uh, note to everyone, if you email anyone in an official capacity at a public school or university, it is always, always subject to an open records request, hashtag just saying. Mike Gundy in Florida, who would have thought it? All right, uh, Arnie, what do you say you take us home with your picks tonight? Get us ready for a big week ahead. All right, a couple things, kind of like a mishmash of picks here. We start with Urban Meyer, um, and I said this with Torres yesterday. There's no way he's going to come back. You've got to go ahead and move on from him. Um, really, the, the season's been a debacle. He has a bad attitude. Uh, he just doesn't want to go ahead and change his ways. He still wants to do it the college way. He's not getting along with the players. He's not getting along with his assistant coaches. You got to make a move at the end of the year. Making a move in the middle of the year won't do anything, or making a move now just won't solve anything. But at the end of the year, uh, Urban Meyer will be one and done. All right, Monday night football. I got to take Arizona laying two and a half against the Rams. That's a small number there. So I think I'm getting a bargain there. Uh, Sunday, already my Dolphins lay in eight and a half against the Jets, which means they'll go to 500. And I told you they were going to go to 10 and 7, Chris. And you doubted me. The best pick, the best pick in the history of selections out there. I'm going to take Cleveland minus six against Las Vegas. And Chris, you're going to make me do this, I see, because it's bowl season. So if right. you're going to make me care about the games, the first bowl game, Toledo. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Toledo and Middle Tennessee in the Bahamas Bowl. 
Give me Toledo minus the 10 for a, <laughs> absolutely no reason whatsoever. So there you have my picks. Two of them as you please. No longer strictly for entertainment purposes only. Oh, so there you go. clap, yeah. clap, clap, clap. Do we not clap. do picks on uh, ball games anymore or what? I don't understand. Hey, man, it's up. To, it's your segment. I'm just along for the ride. I mean, it, it starts this Friday. So if you're going yes, to, it does. let's go. Remember how so, you get all excited when ball season started? It starts this Friday. Y'all sure, Raiders are going to sit around and you're not sitting around watching nothing. No one is. Um, now, again, there's two games on Friday. You get the Bahamas Bowl, Middle Tennessee and Toledo, which who did you take? I forgot already. I, I, I took Toledo. And you're going to tell me you're at noon Eastern, uh, right. you're going to be going, I've got to be. I'm, I'm right. all up no. on this one. I'm pulling up the chair. Not at all. Uh, not and at then all. at a 6 uh, I'm sorry, 7 Eastern on Friday night. It's the oh, 6 Eastern, yeah. Oh, is it 6 Eastern? Okay. Oh, all yeah. times Eastern. Okay, 6 Eastern. Sorry, I don't deal in your stupid Eastern time zone. Right, I know that. I'm God's time zone, the central time zone. Uh, tail Greeter Cure Bowl, Northern Illinois and Coastal Carolina. I can Love sense the excitement glow, uh, growing. Um, actually, I think there's more bowl games coming up this Saturday than there are on New Year's Day. Because this Saturday, Arnie, you have the roofclaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. Oh, is that what bowl. that is? I thought that was the roadkill bowl. Was it the uh, roof you, claim have the, bowl? <laughs> you have the My cricket bad. celebration bowl. You have the PUBG Mobile New Ooh, Mexico easy Bowl. There. Easy you there. have the Radiance Technology Independence Bowl. You have the Lending Tree Bowl, the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl, and the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. You have seven bowl games on Saturday. Let's go. There's more bowl games on December 18th. Then there are on January one. I can't think what's of what's going to watch. on. Yeah, no, me neither. I, I, I probably any of them will be better than Raiders Browns. Arnie, <laughs> have a great week, my friend. You too. Next you week, too, my I friend. think we'll have a very clear picture of the NFL playoff picture, and we'll be all over it for Bobo, Danny G, Steve Desager, and Arnie Spanier. I'm Chris Plank. See we'll see ya. you next Sunday night. Big Ben is next on Fox Sports Radio. Do you love Selena? Like really love. Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.